Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is Hollywood Matt Connolly with the Double Biceps Last Butter's favourite moment. It is in the contract. He wrote the contract, apparently. Uh, it is in the fine print. He snuck it in there because he loves seeing me do that every single episode. We are welcome again, once again, to the Daily Combat Podcast. This is episode number 50. We have reached 5-0. We are halfway to a century, and you are a special guest for today. This is the number two, currently number two ranked South Australian Number two right and number one left. <laughs> it's very contentious about the number one left. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> uh, it is, in fact, Las Botta all the way from South Africa. Uh, being in a Actually, I live in Adelaide now. You live in Adelaide? Oh, no. oh, you came all the way? I thought you were I flying took, back I and forth. I just took the bus. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, fair enough. You're yeah, originally from South Africa. Absolutely. <laughs> now moved all the way over here, uh, not flying back and forth weekly as... You know, we thought you were, but obviously that's, <laughs> that lie has been exposed. So, yeah, welcome to the show and uh, thank you for coming on. We have uh, a big event coming up on the 27th of August, the Garage Wars 2.0 held in Melbourne. There's a whole bunch of Australian arm wrestlers going to be on that card. Interested to hear the <coughs> thoughts of the number two ranked right and then contentiously number one left arm wrestler in the state of what you think of some of the matchups that'll be going down yes yeah so uh well maybe we'll get a little bit of your history first in terms of your arm wrestling background uh, obviously you were training with terence uh, uh phillips or Ter- terence what's terence's surname it's not terence and phillip it's no. not south Park. <laughs> no <laughs> terence <Opperman>. <laughs> <laughs> Terrence Offerman, Phillip. that's all. Right. <laughs> I'm sure he'll love that if he sees <laughs> Yeah, so Terrence Offerman, one of the best uh, arm wrestlers in the Southern Hemisphere. And and you, uh, was it your first person that you were like, this is one of the first people I'm going to be training with? No, he hated me actually. Oh, he, he still does. I got a lot of death threats on Facebook and, <laughs> and other places. Oh. Guys were phoning me. They got my number somehow and they started calling me. I was giving it out, sorry. Because uh, <laughs> no, was, cause I was uh, I, I learned about arm racing through YouTube uh-huh. in 2012, and then I, but I was far away. I was working as a graduate geologist in the mine, so I didn't have anybody. I would literally... All the rock drill operators were a bunch of big buff black guys and I would just bribe them with watermelon and chicken and then I would like just arm wrestle them <laughs> on the court trays, you know. Ah. And uh, literally KFC, like boys, beat me, get KFC. So oh, wow. Every Friday was KFC day and um, that was my my first year of arm wrestling training, <laughs> just having the rock drill operators hang on me. So you were just, you'd seen it on YouTube and you were like, hey, I want to give this a go. I didn't know it was a regulation sport. I literally was sitting in my room one day, bored, you know, sometimes you get bored on, on, on the internet. And no. then I typed in uh, world's strongest arm wrestler on YouTube. And then John Brzezink's videos popped up. And I was like, this guy isn't even big. <laughs> well, how is he the strong? And then, but, but you know, Wikipedia. Yeah. And, and Wikipedia from 2009 to all the way to 2012 still said, uh, oh, this is the strongest guy ever. Oh, yeah. And I thought, okay, it's amazing. If he can be that strong, let me give it a go. Because you remember arm wrestling in school, I was pretty decent, you know, at school. I was always beating bigger guys, and I thought, eh, maybe there's something to it. But I always thought I was cheating because I, I would always, like, my dad had this thing. He, he told me, like, he was my first arm wrestling coach, and he's like, <laughs> just put your hand behind your head and gently touch the back of your hair. And so you concentrate on, on not exerting yourself too much. And you have to stay calm. And, and, and he actually taught me a little bit of technique. He was like, well, if you if you pronate, like, mm. if you close your hand on top of him, you... You've, you know, taking some muscles out of the game, but I didn't understand any of that and whatever. 
Right. So you um, just used to touch the back of their head and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> <anyway>. <laughs> it, it just never worked. But uh, um, aggression is the way, obviously. So right. no, no lightly touching of anything, <laughs> slamming and grabbing and screaming. Yeah. Um, bring out the primal. But it, yeah, but so I, I would chat up with the guys on the forums, but I was not giving any delusions. Like I was always honest. I'm, I'm not some. I'm not. I'm not an arm wrestler, right? Mm. And guys started like asking questions, like, "Who's this opinionated twat?" You know? <laughs> and uh, but it was all jokes. Like I was just tease everyone. Yeah. And uh, um, I remember back th- they banned me on the north. I don't know if you remember the northeast arm wrestling message boards. That oh. was the big arm wrestling uh, forums in the northern Im- in the right. in North America, and they banned me because. Uh-huh. But I posted. They they say you have to have your own photo, and they said no, this guy's a troll, so they banned me. And then Devin Larat send me a, a PM and he was like, buddy, you just send me a, a photo. Oh, right. Give me your number, I'll call you and I'll get you unbanned. And he, I gave him my number and he called me like two minutes later. Wow. And he had a chat for me with me for like 10 minutes. Very stop, nice guy. Stop trolling everybody. No, no, he was like, just keep doing what you're doing. I, I love it when Tim Breslin gets angry. <laughs> but uh, uh, no, it's, uh, it, wasn't like, it wasn't like that really. But what happened is Todd Hutchings uh, um, called, literally called Terence Opperman and he was like, apparently there's a guy called Las Bota in Johannesburg. He says he's an armist. I never said I was an armist. Right. And Terence was like, all right, I'll talk to him. I'll smash And then Terence <laughs> called me. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, he called me. And he was like, he was like, but we were speaking Afrikaans, obviously. He was like, buddy, I think you need to like uh, stop your nonsense. I was like, cool. Can you go and read my comments and tell me which one of my comments I should? And then he actually went and read my comments and uh. he called me back. He was like, nah, it's all good. Oh, really? <laughs> like, this is a storm in a teacup. You know, he's like, okay, I agree with you. And, um, that's how we met, but this, they still didn't like me. And Engen Terzi mm. banned me twice <laughs> on on the John. John, it was like the arm wrestling, the big one. It was like five thousand. I think you couldn't get more than five thousand members. Oh, yeah. It was John and Engen. Okay, and they had a split in two thousand and thirteen. I think was uh, PAL. Oh, okay. PAL made um, Cobra Rhodes their s- spokesperson from the United uh, States or something okay. and John was like yeah but in the contract it was me and this is a political move and blah 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 so th- they split because Engen didn't uh, supposedly defend John enough I don't know uh, but um, uh, in that forum I got banned twice and the first time I got banned is when I I, I defended the King's move I was in uh, the thread where Derek Smith actually named the King's move uh, and he was like I think this should be the King's move because only the King can do this and da, da, da. really and everyone was like cool and then uh, Engen Tozi was like uh, that's a bullshit move it's a desperation <laughs> move and, yeah, and yeah. then I told Engen something like you know because Engen hurt his el- injured his elbow which kind of tailored, tapered off his career in 2001 against uh, another Turkish arm wrestler that pulled the King's move on him oh, right. and uh, Engen couldn't finish him so Engen tried to press and go outside and press and he ended up hurting uh, his uh, uh, maybe common flexor tendon or something, mm. and um, I said something to the to the to the likes of Engen. I think it's time to let it go. It's been ten years now. Just forgive the guy who injured you with his king's move. <laughs> Boom, banned. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, he just banned me immediately, and then um, <laughs> and then it was back and forth like that. But uh, then uh, Devon got me. Uh, actually, John Brzezink added me again. He, oh, right. Oh, you've been added by admin John Brzezink because. But right at that point, John Brzezink was doing everything he could to annoy Engen, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so I let's get this twat back. And then, uh, um, yeah, it was just a good, but I was very, I was young and enthusiastic and going places in my career. And I, I, I was, 
you know, strong on the table. So Engen came the year after that. He came to South Africa for a seminar series. Mm. So the South African Arm Racing Federation got him in, paid for his everything, and took him on a safari tour, showed him the sites, you know, and um, I wasn't invited, obviously, <laughs> but I just showed up anyway. Oh. And I still remember I got Terence's address from friends of a friend of a friend, yeah. and I literally drove out two hours to his farm because he has, he has a big farm. His dad has a house there and his you know, and they live next to a dam. And uh, uh, um, I knew when the time was, and I just showed up. And all these guys wanted to kill me. There was a guy called <laughs> David Buerta who already served jail time. And he was, he's a, a piece of work, that guy. Mm. And he was literally like, uh, you know, just better watch your back, buddy. If there's, you know, check the corners. You know what I'm saying? He was like that. Wow. I was like, okay, cool. It's arm wrestling. Relax. Yeah. And uh, I walked in and all the guys were, were sitting along the wall. <laughs> And then the the uh, Engen was I, I remember Engen was sitting there and he was rubbing his forearm and he was like oh who who is this <laughs> and I was like hey Engen is Lasny Las the last water that I banned <laughs> I was like yeah and then he jumped up he said all right come to the table he just like that oh really and then he smashed me to the pad and he just kept me there uh. and it, but he he's like uh, that's kind of like how he is on the table always he gets you to the pad and then he he, he doesn't let up uh. just to show you who's boss you know okay and I was like I know I'm weak. I'm just starting. I've only been like a year in arm wrestling, a year on table time, and then I'd like just try to fight back. And by the end of that session, we were buddies. Oh, really? <laughs> by the end of that session, he was cool, you know. And uh, yeah, I was just a, a fun time, and all the guys, you know, got to – my endurance was mega because I, I had good um, CrossFit fitness, you know, like full-body fitness, So, which I recommend to any budding arm wrestler to train like a CrossFitter, you know. Mm. Anyway, and uh, – yeah, then Terence made friends with me, and then from there I started training with Terence, and I trained for two years with Terence, and it's it was an amazing because uh, um, he can control you everywhere. Obviously, a, a guy of, with that dimensions, that's such a big hand, and you know so much strength. Uh, perfect training partner. Mm. Um, yeah, so yeah, that's it. What was the question again? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what the question, but that was a good round. It was, uh, I think, it was about how did you get started in in the world of arm wrestling? That was it. Just thrown into the deep end, and everyone tried to kill me. Right. Yeah. You know, if you, I think, if you can survive getting your arm broken for the first two and a half years, then you'll be you'll be fine. Right. So, the only arm breaks that I've seen personally is uh, one in a competition from a guy actually that was actually three and a half years in it, or mm. almost I think four years. His name is Chris Nell, but he was like hitting sideways like his whole body be, like his hand mm. stays behind and he's like hitting in a hook bam bam and on, and and the referee saw it and he was like maybe i should stop this mm. and then on like the fifth surge the guy just went clock you know and the guy who he uh, uh fought was a guy who everybody thought would become like a world champion or something but he he, he just didn't wasn't very motivated but massive natural talent uh, he was like one year in arm racing and he was holding a guy the same size as him that was has been doing it for four years mm. and it's just um Everyone was like, "Yeah, this is the next Olive," because he was a teenager then. Mm. Um, but he just fizzled out. He he wasn't very motivated. Um, and then the other arm break that I saw is I was on the table and I was giving back pressure to a rugby player. Mm. It was a coloured rugby player in South Africa. We call colours like half white, half black. Mm. Uh, awesome guy called Clyde Uren. And um, I always his, his surname is Uren. U R E N. I always used to call him the Urinator. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> And uh, yeah, I was just, he was five months in arm wrestling and I was just giving him back pressure and I, he, I saw that he wanted to press from the middle of the table. I said, mm. dude, w- w- you know, wait until your, your shoulder is behind and I'll, 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 I'll concede some table position for you to do that. 
and literally two minutes later he tried it again his arm snapped but it was such a gentle snap that the guy standing next to us didn't even think he broke his arm yeah they were like ah no it's just uh, some gas popping out of the elbow joint yeah just <laughs> some gas and he was like oh, i think i broke my arm it's full of gas and but i knew he broke his arm because i, I felt the wobble yeah and i saw his arm wobble yeah. but uh yeah he just never came back to arm wrestling but uh he's he he got screws in. Uh, apparently, if you break your arm, it's better to try and have that thing. You know, Zolo broke, I think we spoke about it last time, Zolo broke both his arms when he was a teenager. Wow. His left never came back so well, but his right is mega. So. Yeah, well, John Brazine broke his teenager. Well, that was like a green, what, what they call a green stick break. It just like like splayed in half a little bit. Ugh. So it wasn't so bad. I think his epicondyle process just like separated at the bottom and just like split up. Which is not, not ideal. Not as bad. Not ideal, but I mean, <laughs> it probably just made him stronger. Right. John is a curious one, though. People are always like, oh, this is arm wrestling genetics at its finest. And John, for the majority of his career, until he met his current wife, you know, Renee, mm. he just lived on pizza and cookies, he said. Oh. Well, maybe you would have been like a Levon status if you actually <laughs> had a couple of vegetables thrown in there. You know? <laughs> anyway, I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, he is interesting, isn't he? I mean, he's always sort of sat around that 9,500 kilo weight and, and just dominated the world um, for, what, 40 years or something, which is insane. I mean, the guys he's going up against, super heavyweights, you know, sitting 130, 140 kilos, maybe bigger in some cases and still beating them. Well, uh, Russian arm wrestling just got going in like the mid-90s and they, 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 we started getting the, the, a, a batch of monsters in like the early 2000s, mm. I think, and onwards. Mm. So it's not really if if... We could clone a John Brzezink and he had to, you know, compete today. He would still obviously be very high, but uh, um, he would not probably not have had that dominance. And this was one of the discussions we brought up on the Ingen Terzi page. And John was fine; he didn't even say anything. Ingen was like, "Ah, oh, that's bullshit." And, you know, was, uh, <laughs> you guys weren't there; I was there. You know, and then a lot of guys were like, oh, "It's probably not." You know, it's uh, it's a different kettle of fish now. Uh, I spoke to Hamza that one time, and I was like, "You know, like New Zealand has got a population of like." Let's say back in, 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 in they South Africa had a positive test record of every competing nation in the world from 1903 all the way up to, until 1996. In 1994, they gave over uh, you know so-called democracy, and then there was a lot of political you know meddling in the sport. Mm. But my point is, every white guy plays rugby. Every Afrikaans guy, I played rugby. Everyone played, you know. So they've got a big pool to select from. So mm. it's easier to find the gems coming through. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So New Zealand is like it. Everybody in New Zealand plays rugby, mm. right? So population of 4 million, you know, around about that time and, and, and the people are fanatical about it and then you are likely to get quality coming through. It's like the Shadara um, uh, arm racing club in, uh, in, in Kazakhstan. Those few handful of Kazakhs, well, not a few handful, but, 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 but I mean, uh, um, Igor Mazarenko says 60% of the national team is made up of the sh- of the Shadara guys, you, mm. know, you know, coming through. And uh, um, uh, it's because they make it a lifestyle. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So if, if uh, yeah, you just you, you just need to foster that kind of thing and see what kind of, you know, t- talent can come through. And that was not established yet in John's day, mm. is what I'm trying to say. Uh, and people have a lot to say about training methodologies and you see, okay, um, the Americans ha- have a lot of longevity, and there's a couple of legends like Bresnan and and Michael Todd and and Hutchings and you know all these of Jerry Cataret and mm-hmm. Devin Lorette. But w- where's the other guys coming up? Okay, we have half uh, Filipino fat boy Chance Shaw coming up, <laughs> but he just beat a guy who's like thirty kilograms lighter than him, and it's maybe one of his. He is coming up, you know, you mm-hmm. know, you, mm-hmm. you know, definitely. But I mean, there's this very few and f- uh, f- you know uh, f- far between, but. 
mm. I don't know. Hopefully we can get uh, something going in you know you know in Australia if um Ryan Bowen has marketed himself as the second best arm wrestler, you know, in Australia. Mm-hmm. So to have the the um uh, delusional Bowen series mm-hmm. and Gabby Vasconcelos beating him, you mm-hmm. know, like uh uh um what's that Italian guy? Uh Gas- Gasparini, oh, who, oh, Hermes. Who, yeah, yeah. Hermes Gasparini, who beat a, a mad mask on a, on a side table, you know, after pulling, uh, it just just it gives people reason to ridicule. You, you understand right. what I'm saying? Yeah. But I think I don't know why I said Barbosa. He's obviously um, oh. he's an American and he's like Spanish. But yeah, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it's uh, it's 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 good. I mean, it's 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 like our club is growing. There's a bunch of new faces in there. Hopefully, some guys will stick around and. Sometimes you find guys after a year if they don't hack it or they 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 didn't achieve the results that they think they would achieve, then they just drop it. You know what I mean? Mm. I mean, this is a long game. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. So that's right. Well, yeah, like you said. I mean, uh, in Australia, obviously, our big sports have been the AFL and and rugby uh, and cricket have always been the dominant um, sports that people would gravitate towards. So. The good thing is that we have got these smaller sports that, that are starting to get some notoriety that people are like, oh, arm wrestling, is that a thing? Yes, it's a thing. We have a club. He's like, have a look at his YouTube videos of you know, all different matches and training. And so, wow, people, oh, you know, it becomes uh, to the forefront of people's knowledge. They suddenly go, oh, this is a real thing. Uh, maybe I'll give it a go. And some people have a go at it and they, you know, they don't like it or they you know, whatever, but as long as they have a good time and they have a go at it and then they're more than likely tell other people about it and go, no, it was, it was fun or whatever, even if it's not a sport for them. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely on that fringe you can feel of explosive growth. Like, it just feels like right at the moment it, everything's sort of at this launching point of really taking off. It definitely feels that way for me anyway. Well, I like Mario's and and... Whose idea was Garage Wars? Mario and uh, Andy. Andy. Yeah. Andy Lee. Yeah. Uh, Andy uh, Lee. Andy Voskowski. <laughs> but the, he used to call himself Lee on Facebook. L E E. He did. Yeah. What was that about? I, I don't. I don't. I know he changed it for some reason, but I can't remember what it is. Okay. Whatever. But uh, um, it's a good idea because it reminds me of there's this guy on YouTube. Uh, you know, YouTube algorithm throws these random things at you. It's called Moist Critical or something. Mm. Uh, Penguin Zero or something is his YouTube channel, and he he broadcasts a lot of these slap fights. He's it's not oh, just yeah. American; it's like mostly Polish and American, where these guys just slap you know take turns slapping each other, mm. and uh, it's a ridiculous sport. It is ridiculous, yeah. you know, probably. But uh, he's getting it out there and popularizing it. You mm. know, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think word of mouth is very powerful uh, because some people are just not aware it is a sport. If I knew it was a sport, I would have been doing it straight out of high school. You know? Yeah. Because um, I always loved it. And uh, so mm. ever, ever since I've been arm wrestling my sister and my mom, I was like, yeah, I can beat someone all the time. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. You always come across the people that, oh, I've, I've never been beaten. Yeah. I used to beat everyone at high school. And it's like, okay, well, let's have a go. <laughs> they learn very, very quickly that the high school strength is, is not going to win them the match. But Or gym strength. I mean, it does have some translation but it does uh, but um, yeah it, yeah and then there's like monsters out there too that just walk around on the farm carry some farm uh, equipment and tractors and, and they just you know <laughs> from maybe the fresh farm and uh fresh food but who knows um yeah well those are the ones that 
you know, maybe they would be involved in the sport if they knew it was a thing. And yeah, well, how are you going to get that out to them? No, exactly. Well, yeah, you've got these monsters that had never that, that could potentially dominate, uh, and until somebody actually sees them and then says, "Hey, you've ever given it a go," uh, and then gets them on a table, and then goes, "Holy crap, this guy's amazing!" Uh, it's almost you know a great Carly from uh, WWE wrestling. You know, he was working as like a he was working as a uh, laborer, like just on the side of the road. Really? Yeah, and they drove past and went, "Who's that enormous dude?" <laughs> and he couldn't wrestle or anything. Didn't know anything uh, about it. It's like, hang on, we got to get this guy in the ring. We got to teach him. Like a sort of a gigantism yeah. issue. Like his legs are maybe not that well developed. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. Because he always wears long tracksuit pants or whatever. But yep. not that I watch WWE. No, but you know who he is. But yeah, yeah exactly. That, yeah, but this thing is, he never was like gravitating towards. I'm going to be a, a wrestling superstar one day. I don't think he even knew what it was, or spoke English or anything. It was just that they happened to on one of their tours through. I think it was from India or something, but and they've just gone. That guy is absolutely no. The guy working on the side of the road is, uh, you know, seven foot something. Uh, let's get him and, you know, yeah. put him in front of the camera, get him on the table, or not on the table, on the um, on the in the ring, and um, yeah, and let's teach him because he's got something. And you might find that with certain people with arm wrestling world, it's like this guy's enormous. He has this massive hand. He's been. That's how Sasha Andreev was scouted, by the way. Yeah. Um, uh, Krasimir Kostadinov, the Bulgarian champion back then, he was literally sitting in a park, and then uh, Sasha came past, and he had like his big forearm, and he was like, "Hey, dude, have you ever arm wrestled?" Yeah. And then he just became his coach, and Sasha became like multiple. I think Sasha was fifteen at the time, or something, fourteen wow. or something. Yeah, his arm, his forearm was thirty. Yeah, his <laughs> forearm was like <laughs> like a cough. Uh, but uh, yeah. uh, what has happened to Sasha anyway? Uh, yeah, I haven't heard from him for a little while. Whatever. But uh, yeah, get so off on that pretty quick. My, yeah, my point is um, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> he's dead to me <laughs> instantly because you don't know what he's doing. <laughs> I mean, I mean, his poor coach uh, Krasimir has been suffering a lot of defeats recently as well. Yeah, yeah, well, that's the game, though, isn't it? Yeah, it you're is either going to win or lose. And you're going against, like you said, the the sport is evolving. You're getting people that are doing this as a living, and you know, people are going to start overtaking the legends of the sport. That's what they said on on that arm wrestling page, uh, where people are like, "Oh yeah, yeah, you, you Europeans, it's just because your government sponsors you. If we actually had guys in in America that were also sponsored. We'd kick your ass. We'd dominate every sport. We dominate every French sport if it wasn't the N- NBA and the N- NFL <laughs> all time. You know, they say things like that. Uh-huh. But uh, um, then the other group are saying, "Yeah, but uh, the Americans don't adhere to any program. They're always doing their own thing and." You know, I don't know how, how much merit is is in it, but some discussions have come up about the different s- s- uh, um, schools of training, like the Georgian or the Kazakh or the American or the Russian, you know, like which is or the Bulgarian, which is the most uh, prolific, with pr- you know, in producing mm. uh, arm wrestling talent. I, I, I don't know what your thoughts on that, but yeah, well, it's interesting because it, it's probably there's no right answer yet in terms of it's all experimental to see. Well, this is what we're doing and this seems to be working and then what other people are doing seems to work well for them and you know it's probably going to be a several decades worth of trying different things to find the perfect method of training and it's it's going to be tailored to the individual because I mean it's the same as working out in the gym you know what works for me might not work for you and what works for you might not work for me and then that translates against everyone but the basic fundamentals of going in and lift against resistance is going to be the same for everybody 
so, you know, finding those fundamentals and then finding the specifics as to, well, what do we do? Do we work on pronation more? Do we work on supination? Do we work on defense? Do we work on speed? Do we explosiveness? You've got to take somebody's genetic abilities and, you know, some somebody like yourself who, who does have very explosive power um, and hits, uh, well, to me it seems that way, um, you know, you, your training would, would be different to the way that I would be training, you know, um, and it's sort of you've got to take the person's strengths, build a game around what they naturally gravitate towards. This is what I always find fun when you get somebody on the table um, and once they've sort of learnt the fundamentals of the three basic movements, you know, your top roll, your hook and your, your press, um, that's where you can find, well, which one do you feel dominant in, which one do you feel strong in, and they'll always naturally gravitate towards one or the other, whether it's the top roll or the hook, and, you know, some some people just can't sort of get the idea of, you know, a top roll, it's like, I just can't feel it, but they feel like they want to turn in, they just want to turn in, and it's like, well, if you feel like you're strong there, then we'll build a game around it so that you know how to get to that position where you feel strong, and it's like, to me, it might not feel like they're actually that strong in that position, but to them, it just feels really natural. And it's like, we'll go with what feels natural because you're going to advance and grow so much faster doing the things that you feel more coordinated in. Yeah, well, I'm wrestling not a very natural movement. That's what John Brzezink always used to say, very unnatural movement. And mm-hmm. John, John himself, do, do you see John as a, more as a top roller or do you see him more as an inside arm wrestler? Um, I think he picks his opponents and decides what because I think he top rolls majority and if he wants to go to war with somebody and it, it, it'll go inside. Yeah, look, I mean, if you if you're in a tournament, it makes sense in the run up to your difficult opponents, just top if you can top roll, you know, to spare your arm mm-hmm. and to spare yourself from positional uh, long fought trench wars. Mm-hmm. But Brzezink uh, himself, I think he's, he's, he he kind of approached the world level or. or you know, started doing world level events when he was 18 and became world champion before his 22nd birthday. But it's, he said it took him more than three years to develop a hook, to develop oh. the confidence for a hook. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's not to say, uh, if you feel natural going in a certain position, that's going to be your, mm. that's going to be your move, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, and it's, it's so funny. Like, uh, so like a Bajan, do you think that guy ever trained a hook? Well, obviously he trained a hook. He just knows he, he will never have a world-class hook. Right. That guy is so bad versus <laughs> how excellent he is, you know, in a, you know, in a top roll. Yeah. And I've experienced, like, I have the same problem with, you know, you know with my right, with my left. I can go everywhere. Mm-hmm. But with my, my, you know, my right, then it's all about the, uh, the biomechanics of the arm and the tendon attachment points and the relative lengths of the bones, you know, and all that. Mm. But um, uh, what I have felt when I have developed a hook, it takes me like three years consistent training to, and then all of a sudden the key blocks start filling in, and you d- you don't understand how you're able to get a stop on a guy, but it it you you already have an over reliance on the on in a hooking position on the muscles that you would normally rely on when you do a top roll. Mm. So very uh, you know pronator heavy hook, uh, maybe less you know reliance on the bicep. So I would like to set a hook by re, you know relaxing my pronator to be be supinated not so much supinate but mm. to be supinated mm-hmm. and that's a very limiting hook like uh, when I when I began arm wrestling I thought oh, top top roll is so technical you know this is all this because it's the big moves mm-hmm. but now I know better because way way more technical there's so many more angles you can attack from and so many more variables at play uh, so in that sense it almost makes sense that uh, 80% of uh, arm wrestlers 
would be hookers, but the other problem is at high levels, um, we have a wave of top rollers coming through the, 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 the top ranks now, but this has been discussed for a long time now. At a, at a higher level, most people cannot avoid a hook. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, um, um, it's not like a, a, a world-class top roller versus Todd Hutchings where he just, he says he doesn't know how these boys do it. He, he has not solved this problem of his wrist going. Mm. Sometimes he'll just give it up a little bit to you know secure some pronation. But mm. um, uh, my point is, most people have the tools to be to fight and hook. And even if you don't, you should probably gear yourself towards it. Mm. Even though the philosophy is obviously work on your bread and butter first. You know, when you come in, don't try and show up your weaknesses. Try and sharpen your swords. You, you know, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Don't polish your shield. Sharpen your sword. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Mm. Anyway, um, what were we saying? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. No, that's right. So. Yeah, it's what what areas people naturally gravitate towards. Yeah. And of the three, it, it is interesting to see where somebody will head because you think, okay, this guy would be a natural top roller. Maybe he's got a long form, he's quite tall, and it's like he can get over the top of people very easily. Difficult to say that. Well, yeah, yeah. but you know, in terms of maybe this is where you would likely categorise them before they've actually even got on the table where maybe that guy would be mm. quite good in top rolling. Uh, and they just can't get the, the the feel of it, and it's like. But then they might really feel good in in pressing movements, and it's like you never sort of know which area they're going to move towards, which I find really interesting because it's like people can structure a game around where they they feel strong, where they feel comfortable, and then they can sort of how do I get to that position? And then you know, eventually, when you start getting to those elite levels, like you know, maybe that side of where you're strong isn't what's working for you at that level and it's like well i need to develop something else but at least you've you've created the fundamentals of movement throughout the time that you to build up to that point <laughs> yes <laughs> yes indeed yeah I mean, did you, how did you start did you start top rolling oh uh, just top roll yeah my, my hooks has, has always sucked but um uh i actually took the opposite route i decided for two years i'll just hook and uh, it did get strong, but not as uh, it wasn't a, a smooth ride. But what I did realize, I, I had a uh, match against the guy who was, I think, was ranked number six in South Africa, big boy, Conrad mm-hmm. Gil, um, um, and he was a left hand smasher. He he, but he he's, he's got a shoulder roll or like a flopperous you know press, but he just whacks his shoulder in there, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit like Jerry Catteret. Um And on the right, he's more hook. And I had a left and a right hand super match against him, and everybody thought I would beat him right and and lose, to see my ass left, and it was the complete opposite yeah. because I had been training hook for the greater part of two years, and what I realized, I realized that there, there was like a mind muscle connection where you have to see a picture, if it, and 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 if I'm not consciously thinking about engaging my lat, you know, keeping my pronator uh, locked over, and the it's like an L-shaped movement, you know, that I was adhering to, but it's a sort of a a, a, a mid-range hook that transitions to, you know, to a top pole if you can gain a little bit of, you know, hand control with the lat drag. Mm. And obviously guys with longer arms, your lat drag is a little bit less effective anyway. Mm-hmm. But I just smashed them and I, I was even giving Terrence a little bit of a, of a rough go, you know, <laughs> you know, on the left. And um, I would not have discovered that if I just didn't do that movement thousands and thousands and thousands of times, but I could never, ever, ever get it on the right hand. Right. So, um I just dug my own grave there. You know, I wasn't yeah. able to top roll him properly on the right, but I was able to hook him properly on the left. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think it's worth it. Uh, in retrospect, I think I could have just, you know, trained my strengths and smashed them on the right and and still give him, an, him a good go on the left. So 
but that happened again at the Arnold Classic, the inaugural Arnold Classic in 2016. I w- this is what I want to say for arm wrestlers: when you when you st- when you start training, you don't know where your limit is, you, you don't know what your potential is. Um, you 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 actually have a lack of confidence, just like John Brzezinski said, he, he lacked confidence going into hook. And there was a guy called Donny Furi, and I, he got gold and I got silver. Um, um, it, I think the weight classes were 100 and uh, under 100 and over 100. And um, I was too scared to hook this guy, you know, because he's a, he's a, 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 <laughs> a fitness model. Like he's got mm. that, that, you know, beach muscles everywhere. Mm. And uh, um, anybody from South Africa knows who Donny Furi is. And I tried to top roll him and he could just get a hold of me in a strap with on his fingertips and just curl me in. And I was like, oh, this is shit. And then we went to the after pulling, but we didn't, basically it was just him and, he, you know, him and I, you know, giving each other a, a tough time. He got gold, I got silver, mm-hmm. went to the table and then I pulled him and I realized I could have just hooked this guy. Uh. I realized he, he couldn't put me in a hook and I was like, I'm such a retard. If, 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 you, <laughs> if you're struggling there, just give it up, you know, and yeah. uh, it's, you underestimate, you, you underestimating yourself and not willing to step outside of your comfort zone is really one of your biggest enemies mm. in life maybe as well, but like on the table, it really manifests in weird ways. Mm. Um, especially since you, you're at the club and you think, no, but I can top roll this guy and that guy loses to that guy. Mm-hmm. And then you construct this narrative because everything is a very relative way of measuring, you know, our, our, our strengths. And then, and you see that in the rankings all the time, like, ah, oh, that guy can be that guy and that guy can be that guy. And so that, and then it's because you, your strengths are fluctuating, you know, constantly. Um, I don't know how we got off on this, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I was asking how you how you started, what which which technique you were gravitated towards when you started, and you said that you're uh, mainly towards top roll. And you, I tell you, they asked this to Devin. I remember it was one of those old 2012 interviews, and Devin was like, "Oh, like they asked him what his favorite move is." I think mm. it was one of the high hooker videos or something, and he was like, "Oh, top rolling a guy definitely feels good on the hand," and I kind of felt that, but. After a while, I think there's nothing that's more satisfying in arm wrestling. If you can actually hook someone, you can you can uh, commit a little bit of shoulder, involve a little bit of bone integrity, mm-hmm. and you actually come through with your hand rolling. You know that that that, that rolling motion, what you call the corkscrew. You know, yeah, yeah. I think there's nothing more satisfying than that actually, because you've just pulled through every available weapon that guy had. Yeah. Uh, so that's definitely the holy grail. The the um, yeah, but uh, it's difficult to get there, you know. Oh, absolutely. A special kind of guy that can actually hang out there. And the Kazakhs have that in spades, maybe, because they probably grew up that way. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how much... How, if you have actually seen, like, really elite arm wrestlers and you see them up close, their uh, elbow mm. joint is, like, super thick. And I'm not talking about, like, uh, um, Michael Todd has broken himself in 10,000 places. Talking like just your average guy. It's like mm. that guy, the vet, you know, Boatown in South Africa. He only arm wrestles right because he's like Taron. He doesn't like losing. And uh, <laughs> uh, his right elbow is like this thick and his oh, left right. elbow is like human. But his right elbow is like super chunky. And oh. He doesn't look big on camera. And then you see him in real life. It's like this is unnatural proportions, you know? Yeah, uh, I mean? yeah. So, um, um, yeah, just we... Hamza has it nice because he started when he was 16, but... Uh, <laughs> he's we'll, we'll doing uh, big things, yeah, Hamza. He's going to dust it. I think probably by next year... Beginning of next year, end of this year, he he'll probably stuff up Jules. Okay. Yeah. yeah. If he's, he has good anticipation on the go, I, I think he'll be able to close Jules out. Because I want to work with him like Travis Bajant uh, says, you know, work in a range where you're in the pinning plane mm-hmm. and you get pulled open from a top roll position. I think we need to do that with Hamza. If, if, he, if Hamza can just get a guy there and he can finish him. You know, anyway, long story. Mm. 
Um, uh, just with the way you, you're constantly smacking the table, it does create an echo through the the, the mics, which will be picked up. So Everybody's you're, that's just, <laughs> you're, that's just, just you're getting excited. I can see it <laughs> every couple of seconds. You're like bang, and it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So yeah, that's alright. Sorry, boys and girls. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, but Hamza, he's pulling on the Garage Wars uh, event coming up against uh, Jordan Browning, who is a, a another another up and coming young. Man, so there will be an interesting match. Um, yeah, Hamza, obviously, uh, most recent super match destroyed me on the table 5 0. Yeah, I uh, was there. I was the ref. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, uh, a couple of rounds in, I was like, should I square their shoulders? Or <laughs> 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 What's going on it's yet? not going to make any difference. Uh, uh, he was just too good. It was, yeah. Uh, I think there was only one round where I sort of got something, and it was only because he. I think he was just trying to beat me in every possible position. I think oh. he'd beaten me in top roll twice and then hook, and he's like, I'll get him with a press, and that was the only one where I actually caught it. Yeah, his press is not that great. But, mm. you know, there's some people, their elbow joints can't collapse. Like, obviously, I can just touch my shoulder. Some people, they just block, like, this, you know, their mm. anatomy. And all. Yeah, guys and with big biceps, is that what you're saying? Not necessarily, <laughs> you know. This is a guy who was a very skinny guy called uh, Martin von Weick in uh, South Africa. He also broke his arm, but he just came back and was super duper strong. And he his arm doesn't close, and then uh, he just lies on top of you like, and apparently it doesn't hurt him. And he's just like rock solid, you know. Yeah, yeah. You just pack a hell of a lot of weight on that anyway. Uh, but Jordan Browning, I don't know who Jordan Browning is, but he better be strong. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> How long has Jordan Browning been training? I think he's been in for for a while, um, but uh, yeah, he's an an, an up and comer as well. So we'll is be he big, tall. Uh, or is he just seventeen? He's he's not as tall as Hamzat. Um, yeah, I think he's 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 quite young as well. But it should be a very interesting match. So is there a promo video? Well, like we can have a look and see if we can find some, some matches or some. I footage. just want to get an idea of how far this Jordan Browning is going to lose. <laughs> Well, Hamza has been doing big things, and it's yeah, exciting. Hamza is strong. Yeah, absolutely. Well, <laughs> I think the fun thing is YouTube. I've spelled it incorrectly because I didn't spell it incorrectly. The fact that the keyboard is too far away from the receiver is the problem here. Um, all right, let's have a look. Jordan Browning. Uh, again, the keyboard has let me down here. <laughs> uh yeah, arm wrestling, and yeah, it should be a very good match. There is a whole bunch of really interesting matches that will be on this card. Um, okay, I'm just gonna look through these videos here and see if we can find uh, if we can find anything on Jordan. But yeah, uh, while I'm doing that, um, do you give us a, a bit of a background on the difference with? The training in South Africa versus uh, when you first got here to Australia or to Adelaide, like what was the mentality like? Because I know everyone just wraps you in cotton, yeah, <laughs> and everyone every, everyone likes talking about the gains, yeah, the gangs, the, the gains, oh, the gains. Oh yeah, no, the shirt's getting really tight in South Africa. They just want to kill you. <laughs> you know what I mean? They they you know is a lot more aggression in South Africa, but it's probably a little bit more unhealthy. Like if you get injured, that's you know tough, tough. Mm. Yeah, we only have jewels that wants to kill you. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what, what, so when you first turned up and 
were with Terence and he was not happy with you or he, he, he T- Terence is a is an outlier actually he's actually super gentle and because he knows he's just crush everyone there's like three guys on Terence's level and you know or close to Terence's level in South Africa but he's very patient he's actually like a super uh, human uh, um, you know everywhere he's got a great personality and so he knows you know so um Terence actually when he started he the established arm wrestling um I think that was back in 2004. He started in 2004 when when the World Arm Wrestling Federation World Championships was held in South Africa and Durban. So he went there and got a little bit inspired and you know so on started training. But there was already like a group of the top arm wrestlers and they sort of kept their rankings to themselves. You know what I mean? So it's a little bit of an exclusive group. And Terence had to drive hundreds of kilometers to every event. He had to drive hundreds of kilometers to every training session. Like he would set things in motion so a lot of a lot of uh, you know res- respect for Terence um I should actually call him and find out if he can come down and and take on Lachlan because Lachlan's not going to go over there and they've dropped yeah. the restrictions and the, the COVID uh nonsense that would be amazing so be a, a incredible match uh yeah Lachlan Adair um doing big things in the sport uh you know on the international level so that would be a a very amazing match for sure yeah um T- Terence lost a couple of weeks ago in a, in a for the first time in like a long time to a guy called um, Ruan Nell. I don't really know who Ruan Nell is, but his younger brother uh, I think is, is, is Juan Nell. He he won the uh, WEF uh, Junior Championships when he was eighteen. So you know, there's a couple of strong guys, but they really get out. You know, mm. but in terms of the difference in training methodology and whatever is, if you. <laughs> You're gonna very quickly become aware who's the best if you go to a South African club or something like the guys destroy each other. You know, it's very very aggressive. Is that Dave? Oh, it is. Oh. I can hear the the Dave voice. He sounds like he's on the phone. He might be joining us in a, in a minute or two, which is awesome. We'll get his thoughts on the upcoming Garage Wars event, which he is actually sponsoring a real estate agents group. He's a uh, the, one of the main sponsors, him and uh, the Aussie arm wrestler, Jake Ward, have sponsored the event that Andy and Mario have put on on 27th of August. And you can find information on that through Facebook page. If you look up either Garage Wars 2.0 or the Andy and Muzz, Andy and Mario show page on Facebook, they have all the information how you can watch it. And I do believe it will be streamed. So it uh, it should be a good event. I, I believe that the Aussie arm wrestler will be commentating uh, during the event, uh, but yeah, we've got a, a whole bunch of amazing matches coming up. I'm looking out for Dave. I did hear him, but uh, he's he's probably going to join us in a minute. But um, yeah, so we've got we've got a whole bunch of uh, some of the familiar names in the Australian arm wrestling scene that will be on this card. So uh, yeah, as as you said, I mean Hamza and, and Jordan. Uh, we've got Tim Graham, Tim the Viking Graham. He's going to be taking on uh, one of the the veterans of the sport that runs the House of Pain, uh, Andrew Lee. So that should be an exciting match. I believe that they've they've faced a couple of times in the past. But uh, what's the result been? Uh, I think it's been pretty even from from what I gather. Um, so uh, it should be a, a a big match. It should be really exciting. I know Tim's been training very hard. He's uh, he's dieted down and, and and sort of got himself into lean condition, and he's working very hard to. Uh, be in top form for this match so yeah be interested to see how that goes and we do have this four-way showdown uh, happening here 
uh, which I believe is still taking place. We'll hopefully this will still be going ahead, but we've got uh, a bit of a round-robin thing happening, or I think it might be... Like a, um, I'm not sure how they've structured it exactly in terms of if everyone will be facing everybody or if they're, they've got like a, a match and then another match and the winner goes forwards and the losers face each other and that sort of thing. But a four-way showdown with Josh Barker, Taryn Broad, Jules, Renton Cock and uh, Josh Barnett, who's coming all the way from New Zealand. But uh, So you don't know if it's single rounds or it's like a series of double elimination, but with super matches, like best of three, best of three, best of three. Yeah, not sure. Uh, I, I don't know whether that's been properly <laughs> announced as of yet, but uh, either which way, those four guys will be facing each other. So it should oh, be very interesting. But They're going to uh, have to be very strong to beat Taron. Yeah, well, Taron uh, did face Josh Barker uh, most recently in the New South Wales state title. Oh, he's the guy with the curly hair that loses. Yeah, that's the one. Oh, okay. So Very I thought that was Josh Barnett. Uh, Josh Barker, that is, yeah. Oh. So, well, that you were talking about just then with a the very fast uh, uh, press on the inside. Very, very quick. Uh, right. super, super fast, explosive power. Um, and he's, he's quite light as well. I think he's uh, between the 70 and 80 kilo mark. So... He does uh, compete sometimes uh, in the under-75s. Um, but, yeah, he, that he will be an interesting match going up against uh, Taron. Taron would probably be the favourite in that. But, uh, obviously, having Josh Barnett coming over from New Zealand as well. And Jules, I know, has been training hard. Um, so, he'll be the bit of the wild card in there. So, And it all depends on how the matches play out and whether or not you know they, they get into some wars because that can affect the outcome going into it. Isn't Fat, Fatali Matai or whatever this guy, isn't he the guy that won the Queensland Championships? Yeah, that's right. And he beat... Um, uh, Lachlan Carpenter. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, he was pretty impressive. And, and he, Mario as well. He beat Mario, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He beat, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he's... He's, uh, he's pretty tough. A, yeah, absolutely. He's a yeah, great guy. Um, he's been in the sport for a long time. Coming back from a bicep tear injury, from a couple of years ago, he had surgery, and so he's just recently returned to sort of top form. He did very well in the over-the-top tournament that was in the Gold Coast in Queensland, and obviously uh, has stepped up to another level um, for the most recent Queensland state titles, you know, taking out that over Wakun Carpenter and uh, uh, Mario Tembakis, who's been on a massive run as of late, so... Yeah, that, that should be interesting to see. We've got uh, Andy Voskowski versus uh, Lachlan Carpenter. And we've also got uh, uh, on, on left, and then Andy again, he's facing another really tough guy, Adam Laura, on right. And uh, Brett Coots, who is a veteran of the sport, very strong, big guy, coming from Victoria. He'll be taking on Mario Tembakis on the left arm. That'll be very interesting, actually. Uh, and Brett Coots again, he's facing Mata- uh, Fatali uh, over on the right arm. So that will be another big match to see. These are the, the main events. So, yeah, there's some big matches on this card to look out for. So we're very excited that we'll be taking place on the 27th of August. <laughs> Do you know any of these guys? Or you? Brett Kurtz, in 2016, he was, I think, ranked number two in Australia. Mm-hmm. And I had some money to spare and I was uh-huh. in a good shape and I sent him a message on Facebook I said, because I wanted to just scope out Australia anyway. I was like, let me just take on an arm wrestler. And I sent him a message on Facebook, hey, do you, do you want a super match? And um, I didn't get a response, so I thought, let me let me add him as a friend. So I just 
went on his Facebook page and I just see what does he like. He likes dogs and and weight training. So I just went and I liked a bunch of dog pages <laughs> <laughs> on Facebook and then I, I invited him and he and he added me. Uh, and uh, it was then, that easy to break the code. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a simple man. Um, and uh, then I he said yes when he read my message. He was like, oh yeah, sure. He's very casual. He's very you know yeah. chill and. Um, yeah. Uh, got retrenched shortly after that. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, all right, cool. And then I wasted my time doing a master's and then I came to Australia anyway. Yeah. Uh, so I hadn't arm wrestled for two and a half, almost three years by then. Mm. But I uh, also would like to work my way up the ranks here. But Brett, in the in the meantime, he's, he's slimmed down a bit. Yes, yeah, he's dropped down. He was actually in the under 95s in the yeah. over the top. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. I think he had some health issues because uh, he was sitting in the heavyweight division for a very long time. Uh, and then in the over-the-top tournament in the Gold Coast at the start of the year, uh, he actually competed in the under-95 kilos, which I think I think he, he weight cut to get down there and then you know put the weight back on straight away again afterwards. But, um, yeah, he's definitely a lot leaner now than he was. But, <coughs> but uh, he did say that he, he was facing some health issues for a while, which I, I'm – Hopefully that have resolved and uh, he's hopefully back to top form again. But we'll find out when he takes on. Uh, he's taking on Mario Tembakis on left and uh, well, Fatali. That's, that's a tall ask, but Brett's left is a strong arm, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's very good on that. And the funny thing is, when you watch him uh, in a match, uh, you never would see somebody look more casually relaxed. Yeah. <laughs> he's, just chill. he's very relaxed during a match. You know, the other person's giving Sucking, it everything. Yeah. He's, he looks like he's sort of just on waiting on the bus or something. You he's know? got the John Brzezink <laughs> demeanor. <laughs> he's just casually like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Even though you, know, you can tell he's, he's incredibly strong and powerful. Uh, but, yeah, that, that should be exciting. There's some very big matches on this. But, yeah, what about in, your, in terms of your goals of, of where you're looking for uh, your progress over the next, say, let's say, twelve months. I know you've got a few well, opponents I mean, you're, you've I, yeah. aimed for. Yeah, I just want to start somewhere in the top ten and just work my way up to Taran. Uh, I don't think I should be asking for matches outside of uh, Southern Australia if I can't beat the guys at home. Mm-hmm. Um, especially since Taran is a lighter athlete. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, he's he just didn't eat his veggies and he's short, but his arms are like the size of both of mine put together. Mm-hmm. But um, I'd like to have another crack. I think I can just, yeah. Why is he ranked number one <laughs> left? <laughs> I like the fact that you get annoyed about this. Uh, well, because the only match we've ever had uh, left, I smoked him. Yeah, but it wasn't a match. It was a match, and it, it no, yeah, okay. <laughs> it was a training. No, 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 no. It, you thought he, it was a match. no, 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 no. He would like to say it was a train. No, no, no. It wasn't. Taron. <laughs> Anyway, but he was he was magnanimous enough to to agree to a a a, um, a left hand match if we do our next right hand yeah. match because I still remember it was after I came back into arm wrestling after a year and a month off right when I when I had the wrist injury and then they had the whole COVID thing uh, with everyone having their hankies and I said give me six weeks and I'll have a match against Taron. Yeah. And then I got sick, sick for two of those weeks, but also this is upgraded Taron. So then Taron beat me 3 1, right? Uh-huh. And is I this said, on right or on left? This was just right. Uh-huh. Taron doesn't want left because he, he only wants to stick to his glamour arm. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, you flunky. <laughs> and, uh, and then, and then um, it was literally like a month after that 
but I, I had the shitty you know you know wrist injury, so I knew I wasn't going to do anything to him right. But I said, take me left and right, and then all the guys were teasing him, uh-huh. and then he was like, all right, at the f- the first you know before training happens, uh-huh. and so we had a, a left and a, like I didn't care about right. I mean, I, I knew I wasn't going to do anything. Wrist hurts. I don't want to make excuses, but it was just to get him to do the left hand match, which <laughs> I smashed him. Okay. All right. All right. Well, yeah. Well, okay. But he did recently just win the New South Wales state titles on left arm. So left and right. So he's evolving. Right. He's so that's coming why, out of his, his chrysalis. And he's you haven't competed to a magnificent for quite a while. butterfly. I haven't competed. I need to smash his guys at home and then I'll go look for then, you know, challenge. Then, then if you beat him, then I'll put you up as number one. But he recently won a state title on his left arm, which is why This is like one. Jerry beating uh, of, uh, Gennady and now he's number one. In, uh, sorry, now he's number one in, <laughs> in the United States. I think that's a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah, I didn't like that match at all. I thought that was the way that the, the, both of them had their elbows off the pad by like Yeah, know, look, I mean, Ingen, Ingen had a lot to say about that he said yeah you know if you want strict WAF rules I think running our file solves a lot of what we saw Uh and they would know if the if the rules are being called stricter they need to tighten up you know you know the screws the 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 screws look Jerry is a very messy armrest it's always like that because when you're fighting a guy who's coming so so far forward it's easy to fall off the back of the pad if you can't match come inside and match him inside that's right it's very easy and they're going back and forth there (laughs) within a centimeter of filing yeah yeah so Engen already told Risto, and Risto, in my, uh, you know, I, th- I, th- I think he's, he's uh, Armenian or something. Uh, that uh, uh, the referee. Oh, where's he from? I don't know. Anyway, he's one of the best referees ever, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And he, he's they, they sitting there and they're trying to judge whether the, this foul is enough of a factor to be called. Uh-huh. Now, to me, that's you know, it's it's very difficult to tell sometimes. And uh, even I don't though think these guys it was difficult at all in that match, but yeah, you're right. Oh, but I mean. It's, I think they, sh- they should just give it running up. Like, I would like stricter rules. You know, like that match I had with Jules, was, yeah. we had some elbows flying all over the place. Sometimes he started with his elbow off. And when I saw the footage, I was like, immediately, I was like, let's just do a, because we need to get someone who's not Ryan Chameleon uh, as the down ref. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Foul. Foul. <laughs> and with you screaming and yelling and yeah, carrying on. Um, yeah, but uh, I, I'm definitely a favor of not being strict on the elbow fouls, but that in that match, that was like, it was a little, a little extreme um, because I, and I would say that, you know, because of the way the other matches throughout the night had played out and the way that I understood that they, they had set up their rules was that they were ignoring little elbow fouls that were lifts off the pad. You know, if you, if it was a tiny little lift and it didn't really affect anything, don't worry about it. Don't call it coming off the front or off the back or off the side was to be called as a foul. Uh, and there was a few matches where they did call that and a few where they didn't. And it was like, there was no consistency. But when they got to Jerry and Gennady, Jerry's elbow was literally about three inches off the back and and Jerry's elbow was basically on the middle of the table for, for several seconds for a long period of time yeah. in most of the matches. And it was like, they're both going elbow 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 and it was like well i get that you want to let let this play out but you're both way off the pan like the thing that bothers me is that it, it 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 if 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 a guy if let's say both of them fouls you mm-hmm. know one of these guys are still getting an advantage out of this out of the position which lets him run out of gas uh, you know a lot less than his you know his opponent so if you re- you know return things back to neutral mm-hmm. uh that guy is worse off for it and it's very difficult to tell exactly what happened where is if you tighten the screws 
And these guys actually stayed on the pad because they knew they were going to you know, be called. It might have been a slightly different mm. result. Mm. I don't like when a result is determined by the ref's opinion. Yeah. You know, and we say the same thing all the time. And Devin is like, yeah, the ref is the shittiest job ever and whatever. It's the easiest thing ever to call a foul. Mm-hmm. Calling running over fouls helps to let the spectacle unfold. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's already as almost as good as it gets, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Unless we give them those d- dog shock collars every time, you know, just <laughs> crank up the voltage. Let's just do say, that okay, anyway. Behave yourself. Even if they keep it over <laughs> on the table. <laughs> just no, random shock. Just train them. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, Mazarenko in 2013, he started fiddling around with this idea of having pads with like an elevated... Um, oh, we hello? Have the man himself <laughs> has appeared. <laughs> He's here. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and then he chose my the point I was making to barge in. Yeah, that's right. Well, do I'll, I'll pause this. No, no. It's and uh, we'll set up the camera for Dave. <laughs> All right, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Daily Combat Podcast. We have, in fact, been joined by our co-host, co-founder, special guest, winner of the Dave Stockbridge of the Year Award. In fact, it is Dave Stockbridge, and we're going to give you a double biceps just from Hollywood Matt Connolly because I do have that on my shirt, and I am using that as a frame reference for when I need to cut to. <laughs> <laughs> but we were we because uh, you did join us halfway through, and I was. I you have to hear this this crazy story that. Uh, well, I think it's I think it's great that that you were uh, called by Devin Larratt um, to get you back onto the forums that you were banned from. <laughs> so, so, firstly, how do you how do you get how bad do you have to be to be banned from the forums? Pretty bad because they had actual trolls. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I wasn't even trying to be a troll. So, <laughs> how do you get caught up in, in people believing that you're a troll? Like, what are some of the things? Some of the comments? If you say you're from Africa, people are like, "Why are you white?" You know what I'm saying? Because this oh. was the northeast message boards. It was before they had the. Facebook group that was the right. biggest hub for discussing arm wrestling on the internet up I think in the west at least yep. and Devin was chatting there and Michael Todd and, and all the top guys you know Brzezink also had, a, had an account there yep. and um, I just logged on because I was separated from society as a graduate geologist working on the mines in the middle of nowhere yep. so I would I remember I would you know sit in the LARPA at night uh, eating my food and just chatting, you know. I had my laptop open in the restaurant where, where I was working, and I would just like talk shit. Yep. And uh, um, the guy started complaining because you know I just treat everybody like uh, they're my, my big chums, you know. Yep. And uh, someone started. So, was your problem as a troll being too friendly? Is this is this what problem. you're claiming? If you're right. Okay. I never. It's too good. I, I never even said <laughs> too I was nice a, to people. I, I never even said I was an armistice. I just try to encourage you know armistice chat because. That's you know when you're new in the sport, you're very enthusiastic, obviously. So how, how old are you at this stage? I was 26. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know internet etiquette. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, um, uh, Todd Hutchings uh, co- uh, contacted one of the um, the, the moderators and uh, Sean Latimer. I don't know. It's a big. A very strong left hand, I think he was one of the guys that complains like, "Who's this South African? Who's this Las Bota guy?" <laughs> and another thing that happened is um, Kelly Nelson. I think she's she's uh, what's that guy? Todd uh, Tom Nelson, the 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 yeah. choke him if oh. you can't beat him, choke him. That guy. Yeah, yeah. He um, his of sister, half Nelson. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. half Nelson. Frame. Yeah, right. Okay. His sister, He's the full Nelson. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Right. He's okay. The so two of them together are apparently the full Nelson because ah. I would talk shit with Tom Nelson and his sister. 
would she would lay the smack down on everyone. She was like, you know, the ghetto talk, you know. Ah. And uh, she, I posted, because the guys were like, we don't believe you're a guy from South Africa, post a photo, because I had already my my profile photo. Yeah. And then I photoshopped the photo of me in the Batcave. <laughs> and I had a, a thing on my wall where, where Devin Larratt had like a, a, a white flag and he was shouting with, like, I just took a clip from the Arm, the Arm Wars series Sin City mm-hmm. that uh, Neil Pickup you know, had on the internet. Yep. And I was like in the Batcave with my bat suit in the background. And then I had like this speech bubble. I was like, hmm, Kelly Nelson or something like that. <laughs> but I like cut it halfway to say like, oh, they should, they must <laughs> never know my identity because everything is like my, like, come on guys. This was actual guys with fake profiles. Like I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm. I was 100 percent honest. And so no one could believe your name was Lass. After that photo, <laughs> after that photo, they banned me. <laughs> that was enough. But no, but I was okay. This guy. Oh, what led obvious. up to that moment? Because I, I, I don't. I've um, never been involved in any type of forum. Tim Bresnan, I think Tim Bresnan was. Tim Bresnan always looks like he's like one step away from a stroke, anyway. But uh, he, um, he, he okay. Used to, so now I see. I know now I see where the banning came yeah. from. Okay. I made a. I made a. I made a spreadsheet where you could input. Um, uh, like no, <laughs> we 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 input the competitors and then it you know like a double elimination you know um, uh, formula that gives you the winner just something and then I, because back then it was the world arm wrestling championship idea started getting passed around by Igor Mazarenko say okay we'll take the top ten arm wrestlers in the world and have them you know that whole idea for the top eight was already being discussed back then yeah. and Tim Breslin was one of the names in the hat so I made a, a, a hypothetical situation where I had Tim Breslin. You know, I, I paid them up, but I had Tim Brisbane fall out in round one because I, I, <laughs> I had him. I had him up against Dennis Aplenkov, which is a great honor, right? right yeah, it's yeah. Like, let's, I, I, I said this is just random. I just rolled the dice. So Tim Brisbane, I mean, he took that personally. He was like, "Listen, you're a buffer. You know, <laughs> what makes you think I'd lose against that Russian freak?" <laughs> and then. I just kept on teasing him, and I can't remember the things that I, I said. A lot of things prodding, I prodding, sh- prodding the gorilla. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> he he w- did lose in round one in top eight. He <laughs> <laughs> was a premonition. Was, um, it's prophetic, but yeah. uh, no. But he, he he always used to say like, "When are you coming to America? I'm going to break that little chicken wing of yours." He would say things like that, and then mm. I was like, "Just hold tight, old man. I'm working on it." And uh, yeah, then they banned me just shortly after that. <laughs> and then uh, Devin. Gave me a personal message, and but he's, he wrote like a whole page, and it's very friendly and engaging. But I was like, "Is, is he in on this, or what's going on?" Mm. And at the bottom, he asked me, "What's my number?" He's like, yeah. "Yeah, what's your number?" He's just call you, give you a chat, and make sure you. So I'm. He's like, "I'm like this with the mods, you know." Mm. And I'm like, "Of course, of course." <laughs> and I, I, I posted my number, and literally like three minutes later, he just called me, and we had a chat for like ten minutes about everything. He's like, "Yeah, so how's it going?" Da, 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 da. And uh, I remember it was late at night and I was just walking around the garden. He was like, yeah, he's looking forward to smashing Dennis Aplenkov and he's got $50,000. I think that was the money he had from Marvin Cohen back then or it, or it was before that, but he already started uh, challenging Dennis for, that was at the end of 2012 or the beginning of 2013. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so we chatted all about that. And he was like, oh, cool. So I'll, I'll put in a good word for you. And I was like, I don't actually care, but <laughs> but it was right at that time, and then they got me back on the forums. Um, and Chris Gobby was a really was was a real. I don't know if you know Chris yeah, Gobby. Yeah, yeah. uh, he lost to uh, when I was in my best form. I wanted to come and give him the smackdown, and he was like, "Good luck, my containment is the best," <laughs> and, because he knows I'm a top roller. But uh, I did much better against uh, a, a. Can we say this because? Yeah. He's, he's, 
Ryan Bowen has, has outed himself anyway. I didn't yeah. much better against a roided Bowen <laughs> than that was preparing for Chance Shaw and he smacked Gobby, you know, you know, before yeah, that. Yeah. So it would have been interesting to see how that panned out. I just never got around to it. But mm. um, Chris Gobby actually sent me a message like because they didn't believe I, I like, what is your problem? I've been 100% honest from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, you, this, this is, this is one of Devin Larratt's uh, um, uh, burner accounts, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> burner account. This false less lessney from South Africa. So, why do you think people are so suspicious of you, though? I mean, this is quite honesty unusual. is so is, the, the is, greats is of the shock. sport. The greats of the sport see your profile pop up and think, "Oh fuck, it. not this twat <laughs> again." Because the thing is that um, is this John Bresnan just giving a shit? Mm. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's Tim Bresnan. Tim sorry. Bresnan yeah. It's uh, People comment on this, you know, often like arm wrestling. It's a very social sport, but it's also you in someone's face, and it's a very rare sport that we get to communicate with the superstars of the sport, right? Mm. People have commented, mm. you know, on this a lot, and um, so I took that one step further, and I was just okay. I'll, I'll go in the threads with these guys of putting their heads together in, under one beanie and having f- massive, you know, uh, deep discussions, and then I realized within the first year of arm wrestling, it's actually not that complicated. You know what I'm saying? But I, you. New guys tend to try and make it more complicated, you know, than it is. Mm. And they think, oh, this is a science, you know, oh, this is magical, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to encourage conversations like that. And when I realized that you, you, you can take the complexity of the whole spectrum of technique and you can marry it with these superstars' ego, mm. then you've got the formula for fireworks because now they all they, they wade into these, form, uh, these forums and they just defend their reputations. Yeah. And so I started playing them off one another. I was like, mm. well, you know, some say, and then I would... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, I definitely better. You know? and, and, and it was, yeah, I think that's what got them. And then everybody gets angry at each other and like, who started this bullshit? <laughs> Everyone looks at me like, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, not even an arm wrestler. <laughs> I'm just the journalist, yeah, that's and, right. and I'd said from the what beginning. What Devin Larratt's burner account? <laughs> exactly. They thought I was Devin Larratt because Devin was such a clown back then as well. You know, he was his his profile photo was one of those, you know, because people the tradition was they would post like a profile photo with their with their forearm, and you know, and, and Devin like just held up his little skinny forearm, and he had one of those, you know, those those uh, things that you would see at the ball game. Oh, the yeah, big, yeah. the wiggy hand. Yeah, yeah. The, the big hand. <laughs> so he was like, <laughs> so yeah, they, they put two and two together. So ah, this is Devin. Uh, but um, after that, after that, it actually became the John and Engen Facebook page, and within like a month it was already a, you know full capacity 5,000 members I think Facebook wouldn't allow you to have more than 5,000 members mm. but um, John and Ingen had a bit of a falling out and John would comment frequently he doesn't really have much to say he's a very chill guy mm. um, but Ingen banned me twice because I was in the thread where um, uh, Derek Smith coined the term King's Move because he, he started a thread in, and it was like a whole, whole page of him waffling on about, uh, listen, this is a, a, a move that is only for uh, the battle-hardened. So only the king can pull this move. So he said, I'm going to call it the king's move. Because it started getting a lot of flag because this was a couple of years after uh, Michael Todd re- you know, returned from his sh- uh, shoulder surgery. Mm-hmm. And he was uh, starting to you know, really develop a king's move and become a problem on, a, on, a, on, on the, on the you know, top scene. And um, you had proponents for and opponents against and uh i agreed with him i said there's so few people doing it and i sh- i showed uh 
when I was new in arm wrestling and I was like, oh, all my friends need to know about arm wrestling now. And I would show them videos. I would select some of my favorite videos and I would show them Michael Todd just to show them, imagine having an open arm like that and holding on to a guy that's so freakish. Yeah. And they were like, this is amazing. So even an amateur can recognize that there's some serious strength and, and finesse involved in that. And so I was obviously proponent for, you know, you know the kings of, I'm, I don't care about sucking up to any of the top arm races. I also have an opinion. Mm. Uh, in, in terms of the, the aesthetics of the spectacle, some guys, just, oh, this is ugly arm wrestling or, you know, whatever. How many people are doing that? Yeah. But Engen Terzi in 2000, and I think it was against a fellow Turkish arm wrestler, he injured his, his uh, uh, arm, his, his elbow, trying to finish a guy off that was kings moving, but the bad kind of kings move, you know, the one where they have their shoulder, uh, you, know, yeah. you know, below the pad. And, and that was in a stage where they, they weren't very strict on, on, on warning guys. Yep. The WAF rules have always said, you know, the, a guy gets a warning, but they could do it uh, how many ever times, you know. And uh, so Engen had a vendetta. He had the, the, the knives out for this. King's move. This, uh, this and the supporters of the King's move. This heretical mm. King's move. <laughs> and um, I just told Ingen, I said, buddy, it's been 10 years. Time to let it go. You've got to forgive that guy. <laughs> and he banned me immediately. <laughs> <laughs> the, pain, the pain was still there yeah. and deep. No, but Ingen, he, 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 he engages with trolls a lot, but it's like he hates... You can even see it on his on his on his uh, YouTube account. Like he would ov he, often he pins a top comment where he's wagging the finger. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but okay. Uh, then John Brzezink added me back because at that point John Brzezink had a bit of a falling out. So he's like, "Who's the biggest asshole that I can <laughs> that I can get to piss Engen off again?" And then Engen banned me again. And then, <laughs> and then Devon spoke to Engen again, and then you know Engen added me again but then he uh, two months later he banned me for something and I, I just moved on because I got very busy with my life <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you moved uh, uh, on from the greats of the sport and let them continue yeah. to, to talk but, about but, this. but they're best friends now uh, Engen and Lass so. oh, oh really what, what, yeah. Well, yeah. So yeah tell us about the makeup how did that uh, come about I just invited myself to a seminar we, it was a closed seminar, actually. Funny enough, the, the South African Arm Wrestling Federation paid for, you know, they, they, they gave them, obviously, the accommodation and they took them on an African safari, you know, as, as well. But they also paid him a sum to, you know, like a salary, a, a deal to, for him to come and d d deliver a three-day seminar and mm. train with all the boys. Wow. And um, great. I got I got wind of this via the Facebook mm -hmm. grapevine mm -hmm. and I wasn't invited because I, I had already received death threats from from Engen uh, no, no, no. <laughs> Engen I, I don't exist like Engen uh. is, is not fussed like he's just okay troll delete you know but uh, there was a guy like uh, David Buota he gave me a call and he said you know I need to watch the shadows and you know stuff like that yeah. and so they said that they were gonna just uh, you know destroy me and break my arm both my arms and I won't be able to wipe my arse and you know stuff like that and was that because and, of what, trolling again, or what? No, because what, what, what's the what, source of this constant? What happened was uh, Todd Hutchings uh, called Terence because they were all, you know, because Terence is like an elite, you know, world class arm wrestler and a very good ambassador for the sport as well. Very, very good guy. Yeah. And Todd Hutchings called Terence. He's like, who's this? Because he first sent him a message and Terence showed me the message. Then Todd Hutchings called him. He's like, this guy says he's an arm wrestler from South Africa and he's so opinionated. <laughs> and <laughs> I never said, I never once said I was an arm wrestler. Actually, I started this, the, the Johannesburg, which is like the economic capital of, you know, for all, uh, economic capital of South Africa. But I mean, uh, we didn't have an arm wrestling club and I started it. And uh, um, uh, I actually made all my club members angry at me by saying, because the spirit is very high in the beginning, right? And I get the guys in and I tell them, oh, you've got so much potential and this is a, not an overnight sport, so you need to hang on for a couple of years, And but you guys are all doing great. And I just, 
And then like after like half a year, I was like, none of you guys are arm wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I try to say it in a way to like give them motivation because it's like being an arm wrestler is like wearing a, a, a badge of honor. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It's not like if I go and put out a fire, I'm not a firefighter. You know yeah. what I'm saying? If I if I spend one day, you know, uh, going down the stripper pole, I'm not a firefighter, right? Yeah. And um, so they <laughs> they were very angry at me, and then they said, "Okay, we need a definition of what an arm wrestler is now." And then they would like start email, uh, uh, SMSing their friends and like, "Oh, what is an arm wrestler? Oh, if you've if you've done a table practice and and you and you are committed to the sport, then you're an arm wrestler." I said, like, "Bullshit!" You know, uh, being an arm wrestler is is it's a lifestyle is, man is yeah. undergoing that baptism of fire is is, is suffering, suffering the 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 radial nerve inflammation and and the and the aches and pains and the uh, so yeah, I'm I'm trying to make it a degree. You know, you, you yep. need a degree in arm wrestling. This is a three year for the long haul, right? Yeah. Were you an arm wrestler at that point? <laughs> that makes it even worse. I wasn't. <laughs> but, uh, Handing out black belts. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Make black belts. <laughs> but at least I can talk then. I said, none of us are arm wrestlers. I didn't say you guys need to aspire to be where I am. I'm, I wasn't like that, you know. I'm just saying we are heading in a direction. Anyway, so that was my, my style and people don't like my humor. But... Uh, um, so everyone wanted to kill me anyway, and <laughs> Terence as well. Terence actually called me before I even before I even met the guy, and there was another incident as well. Terence posted, you know, something like a Christian message, and then I, I said some. I can't remember what you know. That something was anti-Christian. No, no, I, I, like because <laughs> I'm a Christian, but I, I made it seem like I was I was playing devil's advocate, and it was okay. like this guy is so annoying, <laughs> and then so. He called me one day and he was like, "All right, all these guys are complaining about you. <laughs> you know, you need to. You need. Who to, are you? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Is this and, Devin Larratt's burner again? <laughs> <laughs> and then I just uh, and he said, "You need to um, delete your comments or stop commenting." And I said, "Okay, just which one of my comments do you want me to delete?" And he said, "No, the ones that are inflammatory." And I said, "Okay, go read them and tell me." Yeah. And then uh, the day later, he called me. I was like, "Oh, yeah, actually, I agree with you." <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, "Okay." Uh, and then we were kind of buddies, but I wasn't invited to anything. Two th- end of two thousand, December two thousand thirteen, ter- they got Engen Terzian, and uh, so, so were there a few arm wrestling clubs in South Africa at the time? Or was it was it? eight main clubs in the, oh. in every province except Gauteng. Funny enough, so I started the the the, the one in Joburg. With my ragtag mob, and they're still going strong, luckily. Oh. But um, are they arm wrestlers yet? They still hate you, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm still. They're called the anti lasses. <laughs> we 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 couldn't even decide on a name for the club. I remember I literally named it as I was going out the door in my apartment one day because every, everybody had like, "Oh, we're gonna be the killers, yeah. or we're going to be the Slight arm destroyers," <laughs> and I was like, "This is so lame." Like, have some self awareness, please. You know, and I was like, "How about?" Jaws, you know, like Johannesburg Arm Wrestling Syndicate, you know, Jaws. Oh, okay. And they were like, oh, oh, oh okay. Yeah. And I was like, it's up, it's a work, working title, you know, and, and it's just stuck. And then we started printing out the Jaws shirts and we had a bunch of characters, you know, and, you know, they all went their ways and now there's like three clubs in, in, oh, yeah. in Joburg. But um, back then they got Terzian and I found t- uh, Terence's uh, address from some, I just like, oh, where did, I've been invited to the seminar. Where's the? What is Terence's address? And then they gave me his address. <laughs> so I drove out 200 kilometers. I drove to his house. 
And it's like it's like it looks like a scene from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre because it's like this grassy field, this dry grass, and then there's like a house, you know, off in the distance. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, this is high end. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I walked in there. He has a, it's actually a nice couple of it's like five houses or three houses together, and the house in the middle is like his game house. So he's got like pool tables and the pool outside and the bar, and that's where he has his arm wrestling practices. And I just walked in and everybody was like sitting along the walls. And I remember Ingen Tozi was sitting like rubbing his arm and uh, there was two guys, there was like four or five tables. And I just walked in and I was like, hello everybody. <laughs> and they were like, oh, oh. Uh, who are you? And I was like, Lars. And Lars. And then, it was like I could, you know, you could hear a pin drop. But yeah. I mean, Ingen actually jumped up. It was like, oh, so you're Lars. Uh, both are. Mm. and then he said come to the table and then he just smashed me into the pad and oh. he just kept me there like four minutes <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> but i didn't want to be a pussy you know i was like okay this is my 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 um right of passage your you baptism know, of my fire. Baptism. so i was just like <laughs> you know i was like is it lifting off the pad yet <laughs> i was like i don't know if i can feel any any distance but uh um <laughs> And then after that, we were buddies because, and then uh, they invited me for dinner too. So it was uh. me and Ingen and Terence and his wife and three of the top arm wrestlers in South Africa. And we all just had a dinner and then they were chill, yeah. you know, and then they were like, okay, this last is not as big an asshole <laughs> as, as we thought. <laughs> and uh, after that, I just sort of, um, every week I would travel 420 kilometers to train with uh, Terence in the week. Wow. He was preparing for the 2015 uh, world championships and uh, then I trained with them for a year and a half. And after that, I was pretty pretty uh, confident in my abilities. Um, yeah. And, yeah, the rest is history. I had to escape Africa eventually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. And, and we're going to set up a match with Terence and Lachlan. Is we that? need to get it going because mm. the COVID nonsense threw a span in the works. <laughs> but uh, we, we, we can't. We. Back then, we couldn't have gotten Terence in because he's got a business and a family mm. uh, to quarantine for two weeks. That's just not going to happen. Yeah. And obviously, Lachlan is, was not going to travel there. Yeah. Uh, so, but now we can do it, uh, hopefully. Uh, I don't know if Terence has been training because he's he's a weird guy. He's a genetic freak, but uh, uh, he needs a, a target. He needs a, a, a date and, and, and something to hopefully, you know, more or less six months mm. heads up. But I, I don't know how, how – maybe I should call him now. Oh, give him a call. Let him know the intercontinental – Title is, is on, on the line. line. <laughs> um, it's waiting for him. It's here in Adelaide. Let's it's drop yeah. the belt finally. <laughs> yeah. Next week, Tuesday, and yeah, <laughs> we're ready. Yeah, give him a call. Let's uh, let's see if we can tee it's this like, up. Are yeah. you going to call him now? Wow, yeah. we're going to do this live. This is live. This is a ex- uh, daily combat exclusive. Wow, this is. But cool. you are not going to understand mm. because it's it's Afrikaans. That's all right. We'll we'll listen and enjoy. <laughs> He does speak English though a little bit, doesn't he? His English is super bad. Uh, well, you can translate for us afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This will be fun. This is crazy. What are you? Oh, I didn't know this was a, this was a thing. Lachlan hasn't agreed, by the way. I'm going to say Lachlan is is ready L- and Lachlan's ready. Said, Lachlan's ready. Lachlan's dead. Hello, is it Nanet? Oh, good. Good service. Last night, I can't believe we're not going to Excuse me, I want to ball and wear a gunnet and be a little bit of 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 a
He's got a new number. It's an, it, it, oh, he's got a new oh, number. Oh, that's not his number. That's his wife. He says, she says he has a new number. I thought she was oh. agreeing to the matchup. Yeah. I, 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 I thought Terence has got a high to six. Ter- Terence has got a high voice, but I'm sure it's made more than made up. In, well, in, Terence in, in has never been the same after he went off the trend. It sounds different off cycle. To what I thought he would sound like. <laughs> I thought, geez, he was quick to agree, wasn't he? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That was all the talk. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> She's sending the new number, is she? Hang on. Um, this is exciting. I think I spoke to him on... Yeah, he, he sent me a message in February, actually. Um, you can go through Facebook or something? Might bring through Facebook Messenger, maybe. If it works, I don't know. But this is good because Matt's got Lachlan's number... Yeah. And no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no. Yeah, You're anyway. like, what? You've done what? Like, I don't think you yeah. Is this the guy that keeps getting my weight wrong? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. yeah, by the way, you're competing at 140 kilos. Yeah, that's 140. Like, yeah. yeah. That's probably what Terence weighs. Huh? Uh, <laughs> he, weighs he weighs probably about 115. Just, just walking around. Yeah. Just, just a beast. He's like a, a Gunter's, like, just massive. Well, he'd be bigger than Gunter's but yeah. He's got a bigger back than Gunter and his hand is broader than Gunter. <laughs> Gunter feels a little bit more human than Terence. Little it, yeah. It doesn't look like it when you see the guys on cameras. It's, it's, a lot of these elite armors, you see them in person, they have like these weird proportions. And Terence is like that. He's, he's solid iron. Um but he doesn't train as hard as he, as he, sh- as he could have. Uh, but he's, he's got his own business, uh, billion belt scrapers and he's a plumber as well. Yeah. The plumbing business, so I don't know if just ring the plumbing business. <laughs> Hello, I've got some turds you need to take care of. <laughs> so, so, so how did you discover arm wrestling? Were you sporty as a kid, or like I always liked arm wrestling on, yeah. on on the on the school tables. Uh, or I remember arm wrestling my sister when I was five years old. Um, yeah, right. Uh, but uh, my my she's still recovering. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, at least I could beat my older sister. Ingen Terzi, when he was 16, lost to his sister and his mother. That's what started ah, his obsession. Yeah, right. I told the story last time, but there was yeah. a, his mother had a flower shop in Istanbul and there was a customer, an old friend of hers, and he arm wrestled her. Ah. And then when he left, Ingen Terzi, 16-year-old flower boy, he was like, all right, let me, let me give it. And his mother beat him. I was like, cool, let me try my sister. His sister beat him. Oh. So then he, he, he went ballistic. And this will never happen again. Yeah. Ingen, Ingen <laughs> is big on pride. But um, no, I, I, how I discovered that it was actually a, a, a regulated professional sport was yeah. uh, through YouTube. Right. I was just sitting at home one day and I was like reminiscing on, on a school table arm wrestling. I was like, world's strongest arm wrestling. Because I was expecting to see, okay, well, nowadays it is Levan and, 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 and Saplenkov. Yeah. But I was uh, surprised to see that it was John Brzezink at that time. Yeah. And I was like, this guy isn't big. Yeah, oh, and if well, you look closer, if, if if you look closer, you can see okay something uh, something weird going on over here in this general <laughs> region. But uh, uh, yeah, no, then uh, I I immediately started going on the internet, seeing where the clubs are, and there was very few and far between, and everyone hated me very quickly after that. <laughs> uh, but uh, ah, I just I messed with my buddies. I called them over. I was like, oh, it's, you. S- why are you so hospitable? I haven't seen you in like a, this arm wrestle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and uh, when I, but the year after that, I went as a graduate geologist, I went to a very far off place and um, I d- very far out of society. And so all the rock draw operators were big, beefy black boys. Mm. And I would literally bribe them with KFC. 
Yeah. And I would to get like, on the table. No, I was, I was. We had these rails where they would pack the rocks. So they 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 drill core and they pack it into core trays, and then they have these, which is basically old um, drilling tubes, yeah. and they just welded them together so that I have something to um, log the core with. Yeah. And then I would tell them, "Come here." Uh, <laughs> you can use two hands. And <laughs> wow! Uh, no, I wasn't that strong yet. Oh, but yeah. uh, th- for the weaker ones, I say use two hands. But there was one guy. He called himself the World Machine. <laughs> and I always tell them, good buddy, title. Good yeah. title. <coughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. doesn't make sense. Right? Yeah. For two reasons: <laughs> <laughs> you'll remember it, and no one else will take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he, he was. He would get so. But he was one of the bigger guys. He was a Zimbabwean guy, and um, he was like. Oh, you are now facing the world machine. And you could like shake like this. <laughs> sounds terrifying. Yeah, it was a little bit terrifying. And I would, but he wasn't actually that bad. There was another guy. It was a fat, jolly guy. He was one of the shop stewards for the unions that used to visit. He was a big, I can't remember what his name was. Santa, I think. He was like a Jabba the Hutt. He would just sit there and just like, oh, oh, he was just jolly all the time. And I tried to arm wrestle him and I actually tore, um, I tore my, my common flexor tenor, like I've wow. extended it and my whole arm got floppy. Oh. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and uh, that injury stayed with me for like three years, hampering me in a hook. But, wow. uh, and it's still there, obviously. But yeah, that, that guy, I can't remember what his name is. But was he still laughing as he did it? <laughs> no, he was, I, I can't remember. I don't think he realized he actually <laughs> tore something because I just played it off. I was uh-huh. like, Oh, it's, uh, I'm just loosening up, baby. You know? yeah. <laughs> just loosening up. Your arms completely <laughs> Yeah, it's all ready to go now. <laughs> and there was another guy that made it worse called Kenny Dickinson. He was one of the boiler makers, but he was just a unit. He was like like Taron, but just a bigger Taron, you know? Yeah, right. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, he also manhandled me, and I was like, just you guys wait. <laughs> you know, I've been chatting on the forums. How <laughs> 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 do I beat the boiler makers? Engin <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> comes in. I've yeah. done. I've dealt with this before. Right. <laughs> After my mother and my sister, I moved on to Boilermakers. Boilermakers, <laughs> <laughs> on the list. Yeah, no, she hasn't sent me, but anyway, I'll, I'll contact them later. <clears throat> but yeah, that's how it started. So, uh, how long you been arm wrestling now? On and off, ten years, um, <laughs> which is very sad because uh, I, I, you know, um, you thought you'd be world champion by now. Yes, that, that was the ambition. Mm. Yeah, for injuries. The that? thing is that still John Brzezink. This should be easy. Yeah, yeah. yeah the Ten back, years in. Back in the days, they used to discuss and they say basically it takes four to five years to to, to see your actual potential come through. Yeah. But they often used to say within about seven years you can get all you can possibly get out of an arm wrestler potentially. Now, if you look at a guy like Crazy George, he arm wrestled for forty years and then towards the end of his career, with him being a cripple, yeah. it turns out he's got a new avenue that he can attack people from, right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Crazy George, awesome. Um, or a guy like, let's maybe look at Todd Hutchings. He was strong from the beginning, but he only started when he was 36. But he got on the, he was narrow. If you, if you look at him in the beginning, he had this narrow face and he got on the growth hormone and he just popped out. Yep. So if you can move in that direction, you know, he, he's better looking now than he, than he was back then. I'm just saying, arm wrestling, he's a good advert. He's now got a square jaw. He's, he's, he's squared chis- away chisel, now. Chisel good looks. He's chiseled. Yeah. Um, but he's 56 and look at him rock, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing. But, uh, Look, I mean, everybody has their opinion on on PEDs, and but yeah, yeah, that's right. And and um, and and what what's yours in the sport? What what's your what opinion you on opinion on PEDs? Yeah, no, what do you want? What do you take? <laughs> <laughs> is, is this Mark's <laughs> uh, no. uh, what, What's your feeling on that? Because like uh, the sport's largely unregulated with respect to um, performance enhancing uh, drugs, and so 
it, there's and it seems to almost be a matter of uh, mutual consent between the athletes at the moment. Um, it seems with some of these big super matches where there's a bit of knowledge behind what both parties are doing, and then well, they come together this, and there's consent at the moment, or like this atmosphere of, of consent or whatever, however you want to see it, but. Uh, That's a very good or, question. Or yeah. understanding. An but atmosphere the, it, of consent. Mm. The, the t- cloud, a dark cloud a of dark consent. A dark cloud of consent. <laughs> <laughs> An- anonymous. The sharp knife of consent. <laughs> <laughs> that, a lot of that followed on from WAF going under, right? Because WAF, a lot of the politics with their you know, president embezzling funds or whatever the hell the problem was, but the way they bossed their, you know, threw their weight around, didn't sit well with a lot of armistices. They came up with the IAF. And that didn't take off very well either. And a, a, a lot of the people want to stick to the the the, um, the prestige of having a, a, a unifying organization, which would allow them to pat themselves on the back as a world champion, as a competitive. That's obviously the ideal that ninety nine percent of the guys are striving for in the first place. Yeah. Uh, so WAF getting out of you know going out of the picture, a lot of the guys stopped uh, you know competing in tested events. And tested events is a problem in and of itself. And every single year they catch a ten thousand Russians. Yeah. Doping, right? So uh, and they, they they dope off season and they dope a little bit, but then when they get offered, you, your Dmitry Trubins, you know, for example, or let's say uh, Prudnik, uh, it's sad to see. In my opinion, I, I think they are more well-rounded arm wrestlers. Dmitry Trubin would go everywhere. That's because maybe he wasn't as strong, so he needs mm. more tools in his arsenal, and he um, he was a more well-rounded athlete. And I think there's a psychological component here when you go on the roids and you and you 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 hone your strongest weapon. You have an over-reliance on that and you start to lose confidence in the other areas that you, 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 know, you would usually go because now you go through a season where guys that you usually couldn't beat, you cannot overpower in your one groove, your one lane. Yeah. So that makes them more one-dimensional arm races. I've seen this time and time and time again. Dimitri Tribune is probably the best example. He was so smooth and well-rounded and then he became Optimus Prime. And uh, he, you know, <laughs> They call him Optimus Prime like, and, and then he starts walking around like a pumpkin farmer you know, and it's... That's I think that's all that's going on in their heads, you know. Yeah. Sometimes, but it's like uh, to me, it's a bit tragic, uh, you know. Tragic. Uh, Prudnik maybe a little bit, but Prudnik is a little bit more uh, 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 complicated story because um, he tore his uh, shoulder labrum, I think, in 2015, and then he, he tried to encourage. That's when I thought he was a natural athlete because he was like he's going on a 10 day water fast to encourage his natural growth hormone production. This was uh, the things wow. he, would, he would say in interviews and post and whatever. So I thought, oh, this guy is natural. Otherwise, he would just get it out of a bottle, right? Mm. And then the top eight, the idea of the top eight started coming along. And then, whoop, there's now all of a sudden you have 115 kilogram uh, Prudnik <laughs> with zits on his back, right? So, yeah. uh, look, I mean, um, but he didn't lose too much, you know, you know, technique. As is an intelligent guy. But I thought also he wouldn't want to go on Roy's because he's a, a stage actor and opera, or like sort of an opera singer, right? right. I thought that would affect his voice. Yeah. Or whatever, it doesn't seem to phase him at all. And he's, he, he 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 did some Ukrainian television uh, acting as well. Yeah. So I don't know. But uh, did he become president? Or no, no, not yet. no, not yet. Not yet. Okay. <laughs> There's a lineup. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the this the qualifications that you need though if you are going to become Ukrainian president. I believe. Yeah. Yes. You yeah. It's just a, one of them. A comedian that's or right. an actor. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, cool. I mean. But if, if, you, if you look at, let's say, how many people think uh, um, Ongarbaev, you know, Kitagali, how, how many people think he is on roids? Like, uh, maybe not many. Like, I think that maybe uh, um, Ivan Matushenko wasn't on roids. Like, he was elite, but he, he was, 
had his moments and he always wanted to compete. He was actually outspoken against roids. And it's very rare to find someone that talks out against roids. Usually that means they're kind of not roiding because if, if you catch them out, I mean, that would be a double tarnishing of your reputation. Mm. I don't know and I'm not sure. Some people come out and they say, everyone's on roids. I know, I know Terence has competed not on roids and Terence has trained not on roids. I know this. And uh, I know that there are guys like that. And, yeah. and, and They're physical freaks and they're almost mm. all African, but that's... <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah. Oh, look, it's... it's, it's it's it would be look the 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 thing is if you had a, have a tested sport or there's an organization that oversees testing in a sport and obviously you can't get around to testing everything the owners and now the the, the burden is now dropped in the lap of the non uh, PE deer to up his game if other guys are are um uh, secretly uh, roiding. You, you understand what I'm saying? Mm. It's like if you go to a restaurant, you can sit in the smoker section or the non-smoking section, but you're bringing that foreign element into the game. You can only sit in the smoker section, but now they have a, you know, a way where they can sit anywhere, and yeah. it's unfair, uh, especially when there's money on the line. And Devin had a fair amount to say about this back in 2013, 2014. I don't know if anything changed for him then because that was post-surgery, and yep. he had to look at a couple of options. I don't know. But um, – the, the attitude towards PDs has changed a little bit. People are more open. Jonathan Hoffman, uh, uh, he had this whole post that he did on, on the Northeast Arm Wrestling boards as well or on Facebook or whatever, and he, he made a fake account and then he posted my journey in PDs. And he, didn't, he said, no, it's, it didn't make him that strong. Other people you know, say they couldn't have accomplished what they've accomplished you know, you know, without it. And you have uh, James Retoridis who wrote the Arm Wrestling handbook, The Strong Arm Tactics, I think I was the only guy in Africa that bought it, by the way. <laughs> but then I duplicated it and spread it around. <laughs> because I knew no one was going to buy it, right? I was just trying to, trying to get to You put it as a PDF and, and put it up everywhere. Oh, it, yeah, it, it, it was an electronic book, but uh, sorry. It was James. now. <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, um, uh, he, he was very vocal against Roy's. Uh, he, he, he came into the armistice forums and there was one thread that got deleted within 40 minutes by Engen because he shat on John Brzezink. He was like, oh... People think you're the Father Christmas of arm wrestling, but I know you've taken uh, Sustan on or whatever, and you on this TRT and you know whatever. And then John just John's only answer was like, uh, "I never claimed to be Santa Claus." And if there was a poll that came out that made you 30 years younger, would you take it? And then he said, uh, if there was a competition where there was a million dollars on the line, would you do anything that you could possibly do to win that money? That was all John Brzezink said. Uh, so John basically, had, you know, ad, you know, admitting it. But if you watch the Pulling John documentary, it looks like he's coming along fine. And then when he was 34, he decided, oh, maybe I need a little bit of help here. Um, and then after the Pulling John documentary, which they started filming it in 2004, but it was only released in 2009. And the 2009, 2008, 9, 10 version of John just before his, his surgery was beastly. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously the dude's writing. You know, he's. Also, well, actually, 2006. So sorry, 2000 because he lost to uh, Alexia Vovoda, and then mm. there was a lot of talk of his super match coming up. But John has also, funny enough, been pretty selective of his super matches, and he's almost never taken a rematch on on the top level. Like he mm. didn't want to rematch Devon, and he didn't want to rematch Austin, and he did, it's, it's like you know what's going on there. But so he he has also been playing a tactical game regarding his reputation, in my opinion, where people mm. look at him and say, no, he will just arm wrestle anyone anytime. I don't think so. But uh, it's very clear, 2006 on, or maybe 2005, late 2005 onwards after he's preparing for Vavoda, it's very clear that he just beefed up. Uh, I don't know. But um, Do you think something similar happened just recently? Because, with um, John? Hmm, 
<clears throat> because uh, he didn't he step on stage? Um, I don't think it was East West versus West, but it was only a matter of um, uh, a few months ago, and it was 118 kilos or 115 kilos in the weigh-ins. Oh, really? Oh, it was 115 kilos. Well, it was not 95 kilo yeah, John Brzezink. It yeah. was 110 well, plus. Was, right. I'd like to think 115 kilos. 57, now, I think, and since his return, it's, it's, he's been I think trying he's to... leaned up since then a little yeah, bit, yeah. yeah. I, I'm not a... This is more... You know, other guys, you can just try and guess and see, mm. you know. But, I mean, if you're going to ask any amateur like me, like, what's your opinion on it? It's mm. like most people are going to say, I wish there was an Olympics for Reuters. Like, I, we want to see the best of the best and take everything and absolutely, let's see the freaks, mm. you know, let's see the freak show. Mm. Yeah. Uh, to me, I don't care about that. Like, the, the, the freakier a guy gets, the less I'm interested. I want that Trubin, that 2012 Trubin. Right. That is with his back against the wall and he's fighting in every ridiculous angle and ripping his thumb literally to shreds. He almost popped his thumb off. I want the the you know Kitagali Ungarbayev where he's been tra- training on a table since he was five years old, man. Mm. And a, a, a lot of his uh, countrymen have come out and say he's a traditional uh, uh, ethnic Kazakh that's come from the tribes of you know Ongar warriors under you know Genghis Khan when the Khanates you know fractured in the early 13th century and moved west. And uh, you know, make up uh, half of the population of Kazakhstan now. Yeah. And uh, to him, health is everything. So he's also one of those vocal people that come out against Royce. Unfortunately, he had a shoulder operation in 2008 as well after the top eight injured his shoulder. But before then, he was hooking uh, 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 Silaev and uh, um, uh, Vitaly Lelatin. Mm. And these guys, I mean, Silaev is a hook monster and Vitaly Latin is a, is, is a top roll monster. Like, and he just wiped them off the table. And that was 2018. 2000 and, and, and 2018, Nemirov, I think that was a, what, the last one or something. Mm. But uh, 2015, uh, Kostadinov, Krasimir, who was always expected to be the champion in the 110 below, you know, category 100 to 110, he actually went to below 100 because he was afraid of... of the Latin, mm. he actually avoided the Latin, so he was like, "All right, I'm going to start, you know, dropping myself." And but anyway, um, that's what I want to see. I, 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 like to me, do what you want, and okay, maybe people can say prop. Like people are giving Brian Bowen a pat on the back for coming out and saying, "Okay, this is my my journey with you know Roy's and whatever." Yeah, I personally, if. I think you can roid and, and do your growth hormone or whatever if you've got an injury because then you can't even compete. You can't even come to the table. Yeah. You know, by all means, like if somebody has a, a car accident or whatever and they want to heal him up, by all means, like just give this guy the gift of arm wrestling, just get him in. But if there's nothing wrong with you and you want to just roid for competitive advantage, I have a little bit of a problem with that because if, if, if all, all other things being equal, I have to now uh, go on the source to, to, to see who's the real winner. Come on. Yeah. And then it has to be the same amount, and then it has to be the same stuff, and it's a so it, it takes parity off the table, doesn't it? That, that's that's probably the well. The, the other the problem limit. is people aren't competing in events. Say yes, yes, I'm a roid, and this is what I'm taking. So how do we know? Yeah, like no. you see the guys' off season version, and you see the guys' competition day version, and mm. what, you know what are you looking at? Mm. Yeah, it is difficult, I mean, and it is yeah. The, this time in the sport, you have got the untested side of things, where you know it just costs too much it's too hard to implement testing uh, at this stage the sport's not at a level where you know it's practical uh yeah it depends which way it goes i'd be surprised to see them start to implement it in in all honesty i I think that it would be a long time before and and really with the ufc brought it in 
went with their combat sports side of things mainly because they were looking to to sell the the product um, mm. and they wanted to have okay well we're a tested league and they brought in you know the the WADA guys like the the people who are the absolute Olympic best at testing and they 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 set up that you know whereabouts testing and they were testing guys constantly they still are mm. um, and then they put their business up for sale and it's like well that's why they brought that in but you know the fights did lose their glamour they the guys were smaller they weren't as strong there weren't as many knockouts it wasn't as spectacular they Mm. didn't look as impressive uh guys that were on top did start dropping down uh, and the the product did did suffer because of it well it comes down to the organizing um the the associations and the federations and um uh, the australian arm wrestling federation came out quite strongly about a year ago from memory and uh, said look we're following the asada protocols we're we're anti-peds and this is what we're going to be doing and they released a big document a big policy document that looked like essentially uh, the document you you might get if you're in an olympic accredited sport and um and um and, and what I'd be interested to know, Phil, is uh, whether or not you've done a single test since you released that document. Mm, I, I would say it's more than likely a similar situation where maybe they were appeasing um, a sponsor or appeasing somebody that to say, look, we are supporting a, a tested league and we're for you know, athlete safety and all the rest of it. And it's like, we're going to put this statement out there and then we're going to hunt for sponsorships. And, you know, maybe that that's the first thing that they search when they search up their organisation. Oh, well, look, they, they are um, on board. Seemed very unusual timing because there was no competitions at the time, <laughs> was there? Yeah. Like, there was no competitions. There was nothing really going on. and uh, But they came out very strongly. But with without... Uh, uh, without the, the without the testing protocols. So, um, uh, if you're going to come out with a quite a strong statement, and mm. since then we've had uh, over the top, we've yep. had uh, state titles in mm-hmm. uh, many of the states around Australia, but uh, uh, no testing, no I testing has so. been evident, and uh, in part because well, it's about five or so thousand dollars to is. test a, an athlete. But yeah. uh, you know, there there are requirements if you're so uh, associated and um, to uh, continually test your athletes mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. um, if you're going to release a policy document like that one would imagine that uh, you'd have to back that up with something yeah yeah i'd say it was it was probably uh, in a way uh, not politically motivated but but motivated probably and i'm just guessing here because i don't know but, but um it's completely it'd be speculative it would yeah yeah it would be speculative um to say uh, this is the the thought process that i would expect they've done it for you know i'm going to release this statement that i'm supporting this for the appeasement of a potential sponsor or something like that so yeah mm. but yeah uh, it is interesting i think depending on how big the sport grows whether it will get to a point where they say we want to implement it because it does it does harm unfortunately mm. it does harm the product well ufc had a very similar dilemma you know many years ago where uh, you know a lot of the uh, athletes were competing very very juicy mm-hmm. and um and then uh you know there was a big difference between vita belford before on mm-hmm. and off mm-hmm. and uh and so the ufc had to clean up their act there and that did mean actually bringing in asada and that meant yeah. Uh, implementing a testing regime, and it, as we saw more recently, um, uh, that also means rewarding the athletes. You know, when they um, when they're able to test consistently negative over a long period of time as well. Yeah, and Max yeah. Holloway, for instance, was yeah. recently um, given a big pat on the back for I think it was his fiftieth test, where he's come up. 
Yeah, it's funny, isn't it, to, to, to be like, "Oh, well done, you haven't cheated yet. Well done, <laughs> we haven't caught you." Yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not saying that he's using it, but it did. Like for me, who's watched it since the beginning, you know, it I did see the big the big drop in terms of spectacular big fights. That was like, oh, you know, it did lose, and the guys who were winning and dominating. You know, they they lost a lot of the strength, they lost mm-hmm. a lot of the size, it weren't as impressive. But the then a new generation of fighters kind of worked their way through and, and that it was really the narrative that, that sold tickets and got bums on seats and, and drew attention to the sport. Mm, yeah, I, I, yeah, it does go hand in hand. I, I think if you had both together, it, it would have exploded and, and I do believe they've sort of hit a point and dropped a little bit in the most recent years. Mm-hmm. Uh and as we were talking about last week, the oversaturation, so many, so many fights, so many things, and especially... So many fact, personalities you can't keep up that's with. That's right. Mm. And and it's like, if you want to stand out in that world at the moment, my God, you, you've got to have so many things. You've got to have a gimmick. You. That's you right, to, yeah. You've got to win. The gimmick, yeah, you've got to be a winner. You've got to, be, you've got to win spectacularly. You've got to have a personality. You've got to be good at on the camera, mm. uh, you know, and, and have a big following to even get get on the card. And is this the big struggle with arm wrestling, lads? Like we've got this, um, this this whole generation of arm wrestlers who have been at the top of their game for the last twenty or so years that are maybe in, entering the twilight of their their career, or they're still performing at a at a high level. Um, has that cast too much shade over the next generation of athletes to feed through, or do you feel like that's uh, that's uh, still very much underway, and you've got this new generation of athletes that are that are coming in behind? Oh, look at Morozov, uh, Art- Artyom Morozov. Uh, Let's a, look at him. He's a, yeah, well, that's, that's, that's a good example. He's a new generation, but he's a steroid freak, right? Um, I don't know how healthy it is for, for you know for the mindset. But if we if we took away the Levans and the Saplenkovs, and how much will will the sport suffer? I mean, Levan was head and shoulders above the competition. Saplenkov head and shoulders above the competition. Okay, so we lost a handful of guys. Mm. Okay, well, ninety percent of the rest of the field are still roiding as well. Yeah. Uh, how how evident is roiding when it comes to an arm fight, right? Mm. Uh, okay, yeah, you know, the strength gain is significant. Maybe the stamina in in a certain regard is significant, but you can still see awesome fights at a world level on, with pure guys. Yeah. Guys like Ivan Machushenko, he's been competitive all the way, and he's got a lot of injuries, but all the way up until two thousand and seventeen, you know, around about there. Uh, Terence, you know, these, these are only guys that I know don't roid. Maybe Ongarbaev, maybe he doesn't roid, and he's still kicking us. So we would have a very different ranking if they, if if everybody was honest. Mm. But we would still have our our heroes. We would still, we have, still have the the technical mm. geniuses. We would still have the the uh, the uh, brick outhouse looking guys. You know, yeah, uh, they might not be as ripped and and vascular. Mm. But at least they were sweatless, like Jerry. Hattery, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh and, and maybe, maybe they wouldn't be 55 years old and competing at the highest level as well. Maybe. Mm, maybe. That, on that Jerry thing, that was one of the funniest things. Hang <laughs> Jerry, hang Jerry hang well, yeah, but Jerry is is a sweaty guy. Uh, <laughs> he is. <laughs> he He'd would, be the he, first he can't deny it. <laughs> but when he came out. He came out for his match. He was saturated already. Mm. I don't know if he was warm up or something, but he was soaking wet, like on his before he'd even got to the table. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, during the match, it was like 
Yeah, the table was so saturated. Dripping. Yeah, it was more interesting for me to watch how much he was sweaty <laughs> than to watch the match. I was, I was like, I can't believe it. And I was writing in the chat, "Help! This is dripping." It's like it was like you just was literally stepped out of a shower, out of a sauna, yeah. and onto the table. It was um, maybe that was his strategy. He wanted, <laughs> wanted to slip the straps and. Had a- <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, he's a world world champion uh, guy, but it's just it's just a, an amusing thing for me to see that. But yeah, <laughs> he actually had his single underneath because uh, everyone wore the East versus West shirts, which he took off halfway through because I mean, <laughs> it, it was melting off. <laughs> He had a single underneath that wasn't like an East versus West one, and they were like, yeah, yeah. "Just, just, just let yeah, it go." Right. <laughs> so, uh, is that match Rob Virgin Junior versus uh, Brian Bowen ever going to happen? Because remember, RBJ mm. is a very vocal anti-roid guy. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd say probably not for a while. Um, I, yeah, I don't. I think they're on different paths, different trajectories. Uh, where RBJ is and where Ryan is. So, uh, is RBJ actively competing? I not compete for a while. He's had long seasons <coughs> of inactivity, but I don't know if his job is interfering or there's just not a juicy enough prize or you know whatever the mm. case is. But, um, well, he seemed to be much more vocal on um, on social media six or eight months ago mm. than, than he's certainly been recently. So yeah. Yeah. I haven't Maybe. seen him compete for a while. Ryan, obviously... <coughs> Recently competed against Coach Ray, mm. uh, lost uh, that match. But he is on, um, I think, next weekend or this weekend, he's competing. I, I think he was suffering from uh, anorexia at the time. <laughs> yeah, he did have to wake up for that. Yeah, weighing under 90 kilos, yeah. for, uh, which uh, I think he dropped nine, eight or nine kilos. To I get thought it was good considering he was recovering from cancer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looked terrible. He oh, looked yeah. terrible. It was, a, it was not, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, so what did, sorry, what did he drop down to? Uh, he had to weigh in under 90 for the match, and I think right. he, he water cut on the last two or three kilos um, yeah. on the day or the day before uh, for the weigh-ins, and I think he weighed in 89.5 and then was back up to you know 94 or something for the mm. match. Um, but, yeah, he's he's competing again. Uh, I think he's Two on, weeks' time? Yeah, it's either, it's either this weekend or next weekend in Europe uh, and... I think it's on Neil Pickup's um, Armour's uh, Yeah, Armour's thing and, and if he wins his match He gets a rematch with Coach Ray so. Oh, okay Yeah, so that'd be interesting Yeah But uh, That's weird What yeah. kind of precondition is that? But oh, No, because no, I think Coach Ray has a match And if Coach Ray wins Then they, then they they'll come meet up again. against each other yeah. in, the, in the draw <laughs> mm. All right, awesome. Creating a, an intriguing encounter Mm. Mm. <laughs> but I don't think he has to worry about weight at, at that point. So yeah, that might be, be a factor. 107 kilos. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Yeah, we'll see. But yeah, have you seen the video that Ryan put out recently about his uh, usage of PDs? Yeah. Oh, yes. A little bit of it. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. long as long as like half an hour. Um, but yeah, it was interesting to see you know what he had used uh, for certain matches and what had worked for him, what hadn't. Um, and that yeah, Coach Ray had specifically asked. You know, I want you to be off of everything if you're going to compete against me. And yeah. Ryan did that. I think he said for coach, no, nine coach, months. Coach Ray juiced up. Yeah, yeah, Coach Ray was like, <laughs> I've got my chance. I want uh, you off. <laughs> Give me the... <laughs> how, how can he say once I'm off everything and not sponsored testing? Uh, has he said that? No, but I mean, if I'm going to... Testing isn't $5,000, is it? It is. The, yeah. When, when, I don't know how these guys work through... So, um, 
uh, WADA or you know anything, but they England Tozi said testing athletes and they just spot tested was like one hundred and thirty dollars. Yeah, if you do like if you do like a basic urine test, but, but that's very that's not good enough. It's very it's, slight. It's all, it's all urine tests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's all, that'll get like know, cocaine usage and stuff like that. But uh, if you need to, te- blood it's blood test, then it has to be very specifically targeted for those compounds, and it has to measure to certain levels to catch the you know the, the usage, and that is expensive. Very expensive. Yeah. Mm. Yes, unfortunately, but uh, yeah, it hasn't come down in price either. So yeah, it's been that way for a long time. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so in in a perfect world, would you have a a league that uh, uh, was uh, natural, and then uh, so we, for instance, um, in bodybuilding now, you've got you've got natural bodybuilding, you've got uh, and then you've got the freaks, and so mm-hmm. people know what's going on there. And mm. um, which one's more successful? Yeah, well, well, that's exactly right. Um, you know, one one draws attention to the sport. Um, the uh, and the other is um, the the also ran, I guess, in terms of the attention for the sport because that's not what the sport has become. But I think if you rewind forty years and you looked at the sport forty years ago, it'd be a very different scenario. So maybe the the natural uh, natural element is more in keeping with the ethic of the sport originally. Mm. It, it's a, it poses interesting questions, um, and it's not something that we're going to get away from because uh, steroids don't don't get any more expensive, and then they don't become any less prolific and mm. um, and easily accessible for for people. Um, so um, I, th- I think with technology increases, that's just going to get to the point. I think that I think the natural progression is. Just let them do whatever they want. Yeah, it's going to be too hard. the The fact that you can manipulate your genes and mm. you do crazy different things to your body. Yeah, uh, you know, it's like it, they're always playing catch up. You know, if mm. you're if you're testing, it's like, well, good luck because now he's you know, how are you gonna how are you gonna stop people who you know generations of people with different genes that have you yeah. Know, uh, predominantly way more muscle mass or strength naturally that they were born with that and yeah. it's like well they didn't get to choose that so oh, you know how to compete well it's mm. not fair for anyone but mm. you know so uh yeah i think it will we will get to that point yeah uh, i think within the next 20 years yeah um, i doubt it i don't think so no but what do you say it's too difficult to fiddle around with the genetic uh code especially with nested codes you know you around with one gene and something else goes you know, wrong, they'll probably all get cancer before they become world champions. Yeah. Mm. It doesn't have to be gen- but, but genetic. But it is a race. It is a race. So I become world champion before I get cancer. So uh, is that <laughs> the price? Right. Win, is as, that the price win as you win. die. Yeah. <laughs> what an amazing story it'll be to become world champion while I've got cancer. Right. Hey, there yeah, you yeah, go. Yeah. Now yeah. we're talking. So no, it doesn't have, to be, need, doesn't yeah. have to be a genetic uh, yeah. mutation. That, that But in terms of... Not just that, but the the chemicals that that are out there, the, the masking agents, you know, the, the the ability to hide these different things, it, you know, the people that are testing that they are way behind. They are literally years behind what what people are using, and that's why they're going back. What's, what's the solution, Les? What would you do There's if you no were solution. if you were the king of the sport? What, no come on, prohibition has never worked. There's no solution. So so it's just let, let it go. Oh, there's no As, let it be. I, I think the guy like an RBJ <laughs> or an Ogobayev that knows his, let's say for example, a Terence or something. Mm. Terence would have been world champion. He actually was at WAF finals against some Ukrainian army. So I forgot what the guy's name was, and he he just slammed him into a hook, and he thought he injured the guy, so he just let go. He was like, oh, you're right, and the guy just quickly pinned him. 
Oops. So that's Terence's attitude, but he wouldn't could have easily been. And I know his routine. If he just fo- so my, the point I'm trying to bring across is you get guys that are genetically uh, on that level. You know? So we ban them. <laughs> okay, I got you. Right, yeah. I'm with you now. If you're over no, six I, foot, I, you're out. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, no, I don't actually care. I'm just going to stay natural and have extra pride in beating a guy who I know is a roider. Yeah. So and I don't even know who is a roider. So so you you have no pride associated with your victory. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I I do think they think it's headed that way. Uh, yeah, but they just go. Eh, we can't keep up. Just let it go. It's 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 impossible. Well, I'm wrestling so intriguing at this point in time because it's at that point of its evolution where it, it could just go really commercial really quickly, or it could just recede back into the the darkness and um and and, and uh, as a curiosity, um as a sporting curiosity in a bar sport. I, I've got the feeling it's probably its trajectory is going to be increasingly mainstream, and in which case, you know, if you do want to attract sponsors to a sport, then uh, there, there are certain standards associated with that, or like bodybuilding, the sponsors understand the game, mm-hmm. and I, and I think this is probably more the point. You know, the sponsors understanding that, well, you know, if I if I uh, if I'm selling puppy dogs and ice cream, then maybe I don't want to be associated with bodybuilding. But if I'm selling creatine mm-hmm. and uh, Mega Mass three thousand, <laughs> <laughs> then, then <laughs> you can't get any better than that. <laughs> It's the highest number. That's right. Doesn't go higher than three thousand. Then I remember before the millennium, it was two thousand. It was two thousand, and three thousand is the natural evolution. Um, So an extra thousand calories of sugar. Of sugar. The the bucket is actually sugar. Yeah, you eat the bucket when you finish. I heard it was Ben Ben Weeder's scaly skin, just just a little bit, just a little bit into the mix, and that was what you got. Fantastic. <laughs> so uh, Ben as well, not Joe Weeder. Yeah, 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 why yeah. Not? It was yeah, both. Maybe yeah. a little bit of both. The you didn't know which one you'd the, get. The Weeder world. <laughs> you were like, oh, this is Joe. Yeah, <laughs> that was flavour. Yeah, they experimented. Is it Joe flavour or Ben flavour? <laughs> <laughs> that was great. <laughs> so so uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's if you're if you're got. got um, products, or you've got a business, or you've got a brand that's aligned, then uh, then there isn't any problem. So, um, and, and perhaps that's where the UFC, uh, you know, uh, decided it was going to be, uh, it was going to be chasing those big name sponsors. Yeah, but well they know? sold it for four billion dollars. Seemed to work out for them. <laughs> yeah, I think it yeah. worked out pretty well. Yeah, it's going great. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, they don't, don't care about saturation, Matt. They don't want to hear, hear it. They from don't want to hear it from me. <laughs> Dana White would literally tell me. If you don't like it, don't watch it. Don't watch it. Yeah. 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 No, no, no. I want to keep watching it. Uh, Yeah. No, that's Please let me. It's okay. (laughs) Don't ban me. It's okay, Uncle Dana. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Uncle Dana. Yeah. (laughs) No, he's good. I love love Dana White. He's fantastic. (laughs) He is. He's he's awesome. Speaks his mind. He's one of those guys. He's very, you know, uh, perfect guy to run the company. I mean, Mm. he'd tell you to, like, screw yourself. If, if If you don't like what he's done, it's like, well... Too bad, I'm doing it. Is, is it part of the problem with uh, with uh, UFC, perhaps, that, um, you know, what comes after Dana 
you know, yeah. and, uh, and and you know, most most sports like a you know a Joe Weeder, for instance, you know, you get these big personalities that kind of uh, are, are so synonymous with the sport that when they do pass or they go or they move on, then mm. um, uh, there isn't somebody else. And and this is part of I feel like maybe the dilemma with arm wrestling in some stage. We 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 kind of we're in the golden era of arm wrestling in some respects mm. because we've still got all the big names of arm wrestling that have been kind of around for the last you know couple yeah. of decades and. Uh, uh, what happens next? Who who is that next generation? Mm. Where where are these personalities coming from, and how did they develop themselves in the sport and yeah. and um, and develop their own personal brands and find a way? Yeah, it is it is interesting. That, and you and John Brzezinski is eighty four years old, <laughs> he's juiced up pulling, to the gills, and he's pulling still people in the top ten. He's still top three on his third comeback. That's right. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, he's in a wheelchair. He's like comes out, he's <laughs> standing, he's like, still pins you. <laughs> Just holds in a hook for a little while yeah, before he does it, and then uh, just leans over. But exactly. just, somebody just falls somebody back just into pushes his, the armchair, puts a blanket over him, <laughs> wheels him back. <laughs> it's so good. He probably would do that. It's like his whole body is frail, but his forearms just <laughs> mega. mega. <laughs> yeah. Still top ten. Yeah. yeah, still top ten. Yeah, still yeah, taking on the latest, the latest uh, world champion. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it is interesting. And you said this before that you know, the, the average age of the top ten is is like over fifty. Yeah, which is insane. Uh, and yeah, where is the next generation? Hopefully, there is people to replace these guys as they do start to retire. Um, you know, or they start to fall away at some point. Age will, you know, eventually it will catch up with you. Um. But yeah, well, hopefully we we do have enough superstars in the in the works that will rise to the ranks and start. But it, there isn't. I mean, you know, how, how many of these say thirty year old, twenty five year old superstars are there in the arm wrestling world? Not many. There's a couple that you've mentioned earlier, but um, you know, and it, how do they find space? Yeah, you know, in, in what makes a superstar once the older generation, the old guard retires, they the new superstars just move into that vacuum automatically. Yeah. It's I don't, mm, I don't know. I think they've got to have something mm. special, otherwise the sport yeah, just like goes... Like a whoosh. YouTube channel or a, a, a practice table champion like Hermes Gasparini mm. and then he... Yeah, you know, yeah doesn't have the personality, I don't think. Well, I mean, people rate them highly and want to see him destroy Matt Mosk. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, they yeah. want to see mm. him destroy Devin. You know, that can sp- it doesn't matter what the guy does. He can be the biggest asshole. He can still spawn a... Following, it was born a, a, a much bigger superstar following, like Devon and and John with with, with the off the table side of things. To, John John is, is got his through, you know, the the mileage that he that he got out of the the development of the sport, and Devon mm. got his through his charisma. How you? Yeah. So I mean, who's who's going to replace it? Yeah, Devon's going to be a, a, around for a long time. Still I hope anyway. so. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. If you had to face Devon, what would you do? What would you take the XP? A technique. Well, your tactics. Let's say you had you had the same strength level. You were at your absolute. It would be elite. whatever he decided. It would be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. He's, he he's, he would destroy all of us. Like no, no, no matter what. But let's say for a, a fun hypothetical that you were same strength level, something or another. Would would you have a tactic that you think this is what I would do in a match? No, I just. Slam sideways as fast as I can in a top roll. I, I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no more thought given to it than that. Yeah. Just yep. it. No, there's, there's, there's no point. I, I'll have the Travis Bajan mentality of hit my own arm open. Right. Um, mm. 
There's nothing to it. So what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, even if I got close enough to his level where I thought, all right, maybe I've got a chance, are you going to s- fool around and experiment? No, you're just going to go for your bread and butter move mm-hmm. and you're just going to smack it as hard as you can. People like to say traditionally Devin is maybe not the fastest and or maybe he's... Dude, that dude's fast enough. Come on. And, it, and in, in some cases, in, in certain angles, he doesn't even have to be fast. He can gather you from the edge of the pad. Mm. Anyway, um, I think he doesn't get a, 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 as much respect as he deserves, mm-hmm. Devin, because mm-hmm. a lot of the guys are like, oh, you talk a big game, but that's just part of the game. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, if he's running the brand that he's running, obviously he's the, the, high, the tallest trees gather the most win, but mm. uh, I think he rejected the super match that Ingen proposed to him for East versus West uh, five or whatever it oh. is with Prudnik. He mm. rejected it? Did he reject it? Or uh, not? I don't know. I haven't heard. Uh, he didn't tell me. Did he message you? He no, he, no, no. he rang you. He <laughs> never <laughs> rang me. He gave me a call and asked me, <laughs> asked me advice. No, uh, he, I think he rejected that, but who knows uh, where he's going to go with his recovery or whatever the case may be. But we would like to see him compete more, wouldn't we? Oh, mm. yeah, absolutely. But, 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 but sparingly. I think three times a year at most, you can't overuse Devin Lorette. Mm. If you do, it's not going to be as special every time you see him. Mm. You've got to be very careful about how you use your superstars. And then you've got maybe 10 more matches over the next five years, four or five years, that you get to really look forward to before you... Because yep. if he's before pulling every weekend... Off, off peak. Yeah, mm. if he's pulling every weekend, oh, this is great, I get to see him every weekend, and then it's like it loses its luster, it loses its, its power, it loses its excitement very quickly. And then you're like, oh, did you see the match? No, no, I didn't even. Who's he, yeah. Who did he go against? Like, yeah, yeah. As opposed to months and months of build up, you know, to a, a really exciting moment. Mm. Mm. How many super matches did he have last year? One. Uh, last year he had. We had John Brzezink. Uh Wasn't Brzezink at the beginning of this year? Mm. It was it was the end of last year? Are you saying last year? Yeah, last in year. The last year. Oh, uh, last year. Last not, year. Not over the last year. Uh, last year. <laughs> uh, I'd have to look it up. I don't know. Mm. A couple, not many. Yeah. Anyway, so it's already like that. Come on, man. Mm. That's what I'm saying. You can't. You can't overuse it. And, uh, if, and it's he, probably he why. Is, in, in, in terms of some of the top guys, a little bit more inactive and does pick his battles a little bit more shrewdly. It's very clever. Mm. Maybe for, for uh, you know maybe he can get more money out of it that way. I don't know, but I would like to see him actually go up against more Europeans, just like any other arm wrestling fan. You know what I'm saying? He won't. I truly believe he is in that top five range. Yeah. But um, he would hurt himself to do that. I think he would hurt himself. It would hurt his brand. His brand. Yeah, his his specialty, his his novelty, his his attraction. If you if you're seeing him multiple times, constantly, especially if he's got the opportunity where he might get beaten, mm. uh, you know that that that. I mean, it's like Conor McGregor fighting once a year, but everyone watches that fight. Yeah, yeah. if Conor was fighting every week, you know, it's same guy, same ability, but. Maybe. Loses mm. loses the, the the charisma and and Not less charisma, uh, but the the attraction. Bef- before we go, what uh, who's looming large on your horizon? Have you got your eyes on an opponent or Taron? Uh, Taron? <laughs> first of all, I need to sort out his left hand ranking. That this right, guy is just yeah, yeah. Very easy reason. He just won the state titles on left hand. You had him as that at the end of last year already. Yeah, when I that was just to annoy you. Spanked him. <laughs> <laughs> Taren, so t- Taren Broad, Taren Broad is going down. Oh look, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've got Hamza, I've got Tyler, Hitman Tyler, yeah. and Tim. Mm-hmm. Tim wanted it at the end of the year, so he's got time to come off his his cut and prepare and what I don't know what. Yep. 
But um, so I want to obviously go up. It's coming back from stupid injury and inactivity and both back disc and this and that. Uh, I'm tired of it all. But you uh, need steroids. <laughs> yeah, you, heard, you ever heard of them? <laughs> Mega Master. Mega Mega <laughs> oh, I got there. I was half a second. <laughs> Half a second. Yeah. yeah. No, That's youth I, I, I energy there. Of, I, I need to take care of home before I... Uh, obviously, I want Bowen. 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 Yeah. Ryan Bowen. Uh, Ryan Bowen. So, that, hang on. That's a call out. Well. I want Ryan Bowen. That's where, how it well, be edited. Should we call well, him now? Yeah, obviously. Ryan doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's put him on the phone. Oh. <laughs> He's somewhere in Europe at the moment. Yeah. He's yeah. in Roma or something. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't care. I mean, but uh, it's... I'll take care of Taron first. And Taron is a real arm wrestler, in my opinion. He's, he's been stuck. He's stuck to it so consistently for so long. Yeah. I think we've seen some of his true potential. Yeah. He obviously still has some room to, to improve. Yeah. But this is, he's, he's got almost that elite strength in, in that right arm of his, you know. Mm. So I respect that and I will enjoy pinning that. But um, <laughs> uh, it's, it's I, I need to, like, I disrespected him when I came back. From a year and a month, whatever layoff, I say, oh, just give me six weeks. Mm. This is obviously not enough. I lost 3 1. Right? Yeah. But uh, I think with me not doing that sh- stupid job anymore, uh, if I find some other job or whatever, but uh, please hire me. Uh, Anybody looking for a professional armor? A professional geologist. (laughs) Or a geologist, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Or a gardener. But uh, (laughs) uh, uh, yeah, so I think I want Taryn. Somewhere end of November, beginning of December, it gives me like three months just to um, yep. uh, get my joints solid again. And I, I think, uh, and I hope he picks up weight because he went down to 82 or something for the Queensland thing. Mm. Right? Yeah, under, under 80. Yeah, he went under 80 kilos for that. Yeah, so he's mm. like 82 now. But I mean, he's still dangerous mm. uh, at that weight. But uh, yeah. He's only five foot two. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, at the table, everyone's the same height. Yeah, right. But uh, yeah, so that's that's it. I'm not looking past him. Uh, just need to smack him, and then I'll look abroad. Okay, then Ryan Bowen. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, maybe it's beat Taron in a top roll, and then beat him in a hook. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. press to finish off. Uh, anyway, so is there anybody on the screen that you couldn't beat? Well, pretty much all of them. Yep. I mean, there's some names that I don't know, but I can't beat any of these guys. Okay. Um, well, I mean, I can beat Jules, I guess. Okay. And, and maybe uh, probably these light guys, but I mean, that's embarrassing. Yeah. I'm I'm 92 kilograms. I don't want to be like, ah, I can beat that little guy. <laughs> yeah. But these guys are all solid, man. I mean, yeah. Yeah, but I prob- we expect Taron to probably beat the four-way showdown. Yeah. To probably win that. Um yeah, but as for the rest of them, they are just a little bit of a cut above. So, so we, we saw Taron come up against uh, Josh Parker in the um, New, I think it was New South yeah. Wales and uh, titles and um, win win comfortably there. He um, did, did lose a, uh, the first round very quick off the mark. In, Josh was um, on the left hand. Mm. She ended up getting back, uh, but he did win on the right hand. Both. Mm. Yeah. So did did very well there. Mm. Um, and uh, then we got. Uh, Andy and Lockie, um, not sure how that's going to play out. What, what's your insights there? Yeah, man? well, Lockon um, did very well just recently in the Queensland state titles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andy, um, when he did compete, the last time I saw him compete was... Andy's on the comeback trail, isn't he? Yeah, he, well, the last time I saw him 
compete was in the over the top tournament, but he was sick. He was mm. sick the day before, and uh, I think it was like when he got on the table to compete, he was just trying to stop himself from fainting, like literally. <laughs> and there was one of the matches he had where he was. It was like a, a drawn out match, and he was sort of in a position, and he was looking up at the roof. And I was talking to him afterwards. I was like, "Oh, that was a crazy match." He's like, "He goes, I can't remember it." Just <laughs> <laughs> all I was seeing was white spots. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was, just, well, I was on my way down. I was falling, but yeah, it was he was sick in that in that match. But that that'll be a very competitive match. And uh, yeah, we we spoken about Brett Coots before. Brett and, Coots, yes, yeah. yes. Well, uh, and that one's on the left, so. Uh, mm. Mm, so. That's going to be very, very interesting, isn't it? So uh, you'd say Brett's the favourite going into that on left. That is a tough. That is a tough one because Brett's natural strong arm is is his left arm, mm. uh, and but Mario has been on a tear mm. the last probably eighteen months. And is the winning streak about to end? Well, he did lose in the Queensland oh. State Titles. <laughs> oh, did he? Uh, yeah, oh. he came third uh, to another man who is competing, uh, Fatali oh. uh, and. Um, Lachlan Carpenter so mm. uh, but yeah Mario and, and Brett that'll be an amazing match and then you've got Brett and Fatali on the right that'll be an incredible mm. match uh, Fatali having just recently won the Queensland state titles uh, and having come back off of a, a bicep surgery from a couple of years ago uh, he did quite well in the over the top tournament as well that was sort of his first testing ground um, did very well uh, but yeah, recently winning the state titles at Queensland, and now he's going to be competing against uh, one of the veterans of the sport in the heavyweight division, and Brett Coots. So mm. it should be an exciting match on twenty seventh of August. Yeah, all will be revealed in uh, in just a matter of a week or so's time. So really, really looking forward to to being there and soaking it soaking it all up and um, and seeing what the results are going to be. So uh, very exciting, very exciting there for Garage Wars 2.0 on the 27th of August in Melbourne. So if you if you happen to be in Melbourne and uh, you do love arm wrestling, then make your way down there and um, and you might even see me. I'll be I'll be down there as well. Matt, you going to make it? Uh, well, well, I don't we'll know. See. It's, 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 it's unannounced. It's, it's a TBA. It's a TBA. Yeah. Good. We'll, we'll leave that one out there just in <laughs> case anybody's really keen to see Matt and might just go buy a ticket in, just in case. Yeah, we'll see. Matt Connolly comes along. <laughs> He'll be signing uh, Matt Connolly. I'll be double uh, biceping Double bicep t-shirts. For yeah. free. I'll yeah. do that anyway. But he will yeah. sign your bicep, <laughs> as a matter of fact. I'll sign your biceps. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get to sign mine. <laughs> It's $5 a book. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and Laz will continue to call out Ryan Bowen until uh, he responds. So I'm um, really looking forward to that. Yeah. So uh, a big match-up coming up in 2023. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Go on, go on, 6.0. I'll take him left at the beginning of next year, confidently. Yeah. Ryan Bowen, but I don't think he does he even compete. doesn't left. train left at all, yeah. Train it up. <laughs> Yeah. Damn. <laughs> 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 right, halfway through next year, I'll, I'll, take, I'll challenge them right in anyway. If I can get over Taron, then that's because you want to take everyone on under 100 kgs. You want to keep keep working the way through. Yeah. Yep. yep. Love it. Exciting. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there it is. Another episode of the Daily Combat Podcast. Uh, please thank our guest, Las Bota. And uh, we'll look forward to bringing you more of the Daily Combat <laughs> Podcast very, very soon. Thank you.